this is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh, to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to vote. And welcome to a jam-packed edition of the Municipals. I'm talking maybe four hours, but we'll see what happens. I am, of course, Matthew. And I'm Philip. And Philip, what a week. You know, there are weeks where nothing happens. There are weeks where a little bit happened, and maybe just a little bit this week. But, God, it seems like a lot happened this past week. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to to hear what you've got on the docket in terms of uh, actionable items that happened this week. Well, you know, we do have a couple interviews that we're going to play later. These are our final interviews of this election season. And, um, you know, I I did go to one last debate this past week, uh, last week, Thursday. Again, in my neck of the woods, Martin Grove Collegiate Institute. Uh, let me see, who was there? Giorgio Mammoliti was there. Mitzi Hunter was there, although she came really late, but traffic, you know. I, I was almost late. Right. Um, <laughs> let's see, who else? Oh, you know, this is a side story. Uh, listen, but I know a name that's important that of who was there. We'll get to that, but side story, you're going to be <laughs> proud of me. I took the bus home. Hell yeah, that's my dude, using public transit. Yeah, I had to borrow someone's uh, Presto Pass. It, it's really bad that uh, while we're recording, uh, let it be known that I, I would like to work up the courage to ask you for some help in terms of you know me working towards getting my license. I, I've thrown that to you on the podcast instead of in person. I'll, oh, I'll, I'll talk to you about it later. I, I just, I'll teach you how to drive. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't need to be taught how to drive, but we'll oh. talk about this later. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, 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 I'll share it to you later. But you know, get it out there during the podcast, so at least I can't escape it now that I've said it out loud. Um. Okay. So sorry, I said uh, Mamaliti, Hunter, Josh Matlow was there. Uh, Brad Bradford the was there. We'll get the to that. Sit in front of the show. We'll get I'm to that. I'm excited to get to that. <laughs> um, Mark Saunders was there. Uh, also not a friend of the show. Rob Davis was there. Great friend of the show. Um, I <laughs> think that's it. Although, so was Anthony Fury there? Or no, no, and neither was Anthony Perusa. I'm not sure. So. The, the organizer, moderator of the debate was former city councillor John Campbell. So um, how it worked, he, when he started in his opening statement, he immediately buried two other candidates. So he buried, I, it was kind of a burial of uh, Anna Bailao. Uh, apparently they were back and forth, but she did tell him, uh, I think he said 
last week that she wasn't going to be able to make this debate. But then he buried Olivia Chow. He goes back and forth, back and forth until this morning. She said, she, or one of her people called and said she wasn't going to make it. But just to be safe, we set out a chair for her. So there's an empty chair with her. You know how they have name tags? With her name tag on the chair. Oh, my God. It was so funny. And then each one of the candidates took turns taking a shot at, at Olivia Chow and the empty chair. Uh, it was an amazing <laughs> debate. Um, of course, uh, Mamaliti couldn't do the debate without his um, his... People call it rhetoric. I'm going to say it's his stance uh, on Let's call uh, it his trademark style on on uh, on everything that happened that was done to us during COVID, including the drag queens, um, you know, and Josh Matlow right away said something about it. I uh, said that there was uh, I can't remember the word he used uh, uh, a bigot comment or something like that. I'm I'm pro my man Josh on this one coming out strong. So, so a couple couple stories before I get into it. So as our listeners know, and of course as you know, we have not had Mark Saunders, Mitzi Hunter, or Brad Bradford on this show yet, or Olivia Chow, but Olivia Chow didn't end up showing. So before I wanted to get there before it started because you meet and greet before as well as after. But in case I did, I couldn't stay after. I wanted to make sure I, I talked to them before. So I talked to Mark Saunders first. And I went up, I shook his hand and said, Hi, I'm Matthew. I'm from the Municipals podcast. Been trying to get a, a, a hold of you, but nobody's, you know, nobody's responding. I'd love to do an interview with you, even if it's just fucking 15 minutes. It's all I need. And he's like, you know, uh, I... I I'm, I'm really busy. And I'm like, I know you're really busy. You're running for mayor, but I just need 15 minutes. Even if it's in the car to an event, I don't care. Just let me know. Just keep me in the loop. But he basically blew me off because he doesn't have 15 minutes to spare. And I guess if he did, he wouldn't spend them on us. So <laughs> do you have a special, special, uh, special message for our uh, mayor candidate, Mark Saunders? Uh, well, my message to Mark is, uh, Mark, you're not, you're not bigger than the people, the citizens of Toronto, you know, like, uh, your constituents or your potential future constituents are looking to talk to you. I think you should make yourself more available. That's all I got to say. And then we move to Mitzi Hunter, who was very okay, receptive, right. very, very, very receptive, but I still haven't heard from her. Uh, she has my phone number and email. Mitzi, if you're listening or one of your, your supporters, we got time for you. 15 minutes, even leading up to it, we'll do a special episode so it doesn't affect with our plans for next week. Uh, just let us know. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. You know, I even sold her, not her, but one of her uh, people that was with her. I said on the idea, I said, this is the way I see it. I said, she used to work at TCHC, and then she went off and she conquered everything at the province, and now she has come back home. The prodigal daughter has returned. And and the, the you've, girl, been on, you've been on this, uh, the prodigal daughter thing, since she registered. And the girl smiled at me like something clicked. <laughs> and I'm like, 
I'm like, I guess I can, I can, uh, I can roll with the bullshit too. I can come up with stuff. Wax philosophical, baby. So we haven't heard from her. I, I don't know that we will. Um, I, you know, whatever. We got a lot of the front runners. So I mean, we did a very good job. Unlike pretend people who try to do debates and interviews and have no idea what the fuck they're doing. But we'll get to more of that on that later. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Brad Bradford. So I, okay. I hold on. I wanted to save this for the podcast, but I told you because I knew you want, you would love to hear that. And I didn't think I, I could hold it from you. I broke down. You like, I don't know how to react if I was only discovering right now. But I, oh my God, I was, I was having a chat with um, my rival candidate, Kevin Rupasing, who, uh, who has expressed some interest in coming out of the show. So keep that in mind. Hold on, time out. Um, Where, did I interrupt the phone call? You had to slip to the other line or? Yeah. Okay. But it was, so, hold it, on, it, let, whatever, it all before, worked out. Be, before you go on, let's tell the listeners what happened. So I talked to Brad Bradford. I said, I went up to him. I shook his hand. I said, hi, my name is Matthew from the Municipals podcast. And he looks at me and he goes, so you're, you're, you're trolling me. You're the one trolling me. And I said, no, I didn't mean, to. okay. It's going to sound like I threw you under the bus, but listen, no, you, you didn't, you didn't, you just told the truth. No, no bus throwing you finish off. You no bus throwing. I said, no, that's my co-host, Philip Mills. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, him. And I'm like, regardless if we agree with you or not, we'd still like to have you on the podcast, even for just 15 minutes. Uh, you're welcomed anytime. And he said to me, you know, I got to be honest with you. It's a little off-putting, the trolling. And you know what? Your, he's so 100%. Your response. Sorry, finish that. I was going to ask your response. Oh my God. Um, listen, prior to this, okay, if anyone ever told you that there was a moment where someone who, you know, they didn't like, uh, you know, they realized they didn't like them and they took some sort of like weird pride out of it. Prior to now, I would have been like, that's weird. You know, have a little sense of shame or whatever going on. But uh, here's okay. So when I met Josh Matlow at the the event that I went to, and he said to me, you know, I've seen some of your stuff online. That was in incredibly uh, complimentary to me. You know, like I was excited to see that, you know, some people have, have seen some of my opinions, paid attention to them. They're visible. That's cool. In that moment, it occurred to me that Brad Bradford could very well be paying attention to, to the people talking to him and know who I am. To have Matthew confirm to me that Brad Bradford does in fact know who I am brings me an unmitigated amount of joy. Uh, I couldn't prop I could not properly express to you how funny it is that Brad Bradford knows who I am and knows that I've been obnoxiously trolling him. I gotta ask, when you flick back over to the other line to, to talk to Kevin, how how did that conversation go? It was incredible. I was I was just I was so jazzed to tell him about it because it's like uh, <laughs> it's, you know, Bradford has done nothing personally to me. I just I, you know, I see his campaign as being entirely uh, self-interested. 
So, I mean, that's that's sort of been where I've been going. I've not been trolling Brad Bradford in the name of another candidate because, you know, we're June 12th, and I've, I've got to admit to you, Matthew, I still haven't picked my candidate. Well, it's funny you should mention that. I don't want to spoil for the listeners, but the last thing we're going to do tonight is narrow it down to our top five. But that's for oh, later. Amazing. Um, anything else that okay? Oh, we're not done with this debate. Oh, we're not done. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, we just got like the Bradford thing. I just want our listeners to understand how excited I am. And I I think I would even like to it's a real shame that he won't come on the podcast because I I I, I think I would have really enjoyed having the conversation with him 100%. I respect his decision and understand where he's coming from. Why would you want to talk to the person who's been telling you to go fuck yourself for months now? Well, he might have to listen to you when you take over the Ward 20 office in City Hall. (laughs) Wouldn't that be incredible? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, Okay, so... Man, this debate was lively. It was funny. Rob Davis, he really brought it. Um, he he hit he hit on key points. He was entertaining. He was funny. Um, he, you know, he took it, between him and Saunders. They took the most shots at uh, at Olivia Chow. In fact. The one and only time I clapped for Brad Bradford was when he took a shot at Olivia Chow. <laughs> and I'm, I'm only laughing. Um, now, you and I, we have very, obviously, we have different perspectives on Olivia Chow's mayorality, uh, you know, potential to be the mayor. But that's just, no, that's funny. She didn't even bother to show up, so. Oh, no, I mean, listen, at, at that point, you know, there's a certain segment of people who are going to see that and think, oh, we're not worth anything. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and that makes sense. I get that. Why, why would people want to support you if you're not going to show up for them? I I agree. Um, okay. So in the debate, um, we'll just, you know, it's just, there were standard questions. To be honest with you, it was getting exhausting. There was no, like, uh, open debate sniping back uh, period. It's just uh, uh, John Campbell would ask the question, and each one would answer, like, a minute a minute uh, uh, to answer. And uh, it went straight down the line. And then next question, straight down the line, next question, straight down, and whatever. During the closing statements, though, I found it, really funny so Giorgio Mamaliti throws a dig at Josh Matlow bringing up his DUI arrest oh but he didn't mean Josh Matlow oh wait did Josh Matlow have one yeah in 2006 which was a lifetime oh, ago okay. yeah right Um, and it's not new information either I don't understand why <laughs> you know first it was first uh, I, the first I heard of it was this election, but it was Blake Acton. And I, re- I read the article that Blake Acton attached to his tweet. Yeah. And it was from 2006. I'm like, wow, okay, so this is old. Everybody knows yeah, about it. Why, yeah. why are we talking about this? If, if he had a DUI in 2020, th- then maybe you have something. That'd be different. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, that was the debate I spoke with after, like before and after the debate, I also spoke with Rob Davis, who, um, you know, it's like I said about debates. I like to have some time to myself to decide for myself who won that debate. And if you're asking me who won, I'm going to tell you it was Rob Davis. He was the most concise. He was entertaining, which is important in a debate. That's the one reason that Trump beat Hillary Clinton in in those debates, because he was more fucking entertaining. Yeah, he's a criminal and no one <laughs> likes him, but he was in in that debate in and of itself. He was more entertaining. And I, I, I like that. So uh, Rob Davis was entertaining to me. He took shots at Olivia Chow, like I said. Mark Saunders was the most. I don't like it. No, that's that's not a lie. I love insulting people. Um <laughs> Mark's I can't say this without offending him so I apologize Mark Mark Saunders was the most boring in this debate it was like he I was watching him and he was reading off paper yes okay Matthew I feel like we haven't had too much of an opportunity for us to just sort of like chat about like what's going on with the election so I've had this sort of weird growing thought with Mark Saunders kind of being the the default right-wing candidate, like the Ford-backed candidate, right? Yes. And and I, I feel like the, the interesting thing in my mind is I feel like his failure is going to come from the fact that it, it seems like he's unaware and Doug Ford seems unaware that people do not view his time as police chief very highly. Like they don't look at it as like this great thing. But he keeps using his position as being the police chief as his qualifications for mayor of Toronto. And then and, and then I, I feel like and then he ever like he did during the debate. And I agree with you. Everything that happened while Tory was the mayor, he keeps pointing at it, saying, This will not happen. This will not happen if I'm mayor. Yes. But you were the police chief. So the thing is, and I, I feel like it partially explains the rise of Anthony Fury because they're both kind of on the same political track. Right. But uh, with, with Mark Saunders, he keeps being like, well, I was the police chief. You should respect me. And people don't respect that. But Anthony Fury is willing to go after more of like the culture war stuff, the, you know, the injection sites, the, the bathrooms. I mean, Giorgio Mammoliti is doing that stuff too, but for some reason, whatever reason, Anthony Fury has completely just, captured people in a way that Mamelidi hasn't and that Saunders doesn't seem capable of, which is just, well, okay, a very since, interesting thing. Since you brought it up, I have to ask, because of the things that are coming out of Mamelidi's mouth, do you think that people are afraid to agree with him or that they just don't agree with him? I think they don't agree with him. I mean, like, and that's the thing that's, it's, it's easy, it's, it's easy for me to say that because I don't agree with him. So it, it makes it easy for me to project my ideas onto like a group of people saying, oh, yeah, of course, they would side with me. I'm logical and perfect and brilliant and cute, you know, um, but <laughs> but I think Mamalidi is just I think he's just it's not so much the content of his what he's campaigning on, you know, good or bad, because, again, as I've just said, Anthony Fury is going on the same sort of stuff. I think it's the way he's presenting it is more, it's more combative. It's more, um, 
I, I think people just don't like to see it viewed that way. Maybe. I don't know. You know what? I, I can I can safely say I'm not entirely sure why Fury I, seems to have picked up where Mamelady hasn't. Well, and I agree with you there. It seems like Mamelady seems to be lost in translation. But I will say that I do believe there is a group of people, even if it's a small group, that are afraid of agreeing because of the ramifications of agreeing with Mamaliti. It's just my opinion. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just, I can't, I can't tell you what the, what the truth is in terms of Mamaliti. And that's it for this uh, part. So we're going to go ahead to our first interview and we will see you guys on the other side. And welcome back. And we're joined by 2023 municipal candidate Michael. Is it Nicola? Nicola. Nicola. I apologize. Okay. Uh, Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, just right off the bat, I'd love to hear your 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 top line plan for the city. Should you win the mayor's chair? Uh, maybe maybe the top three things that you you would like to address. Uh, go ahead, my friend. The floor is yours. Thank you. Uh, my website is um, uh, crimetransitinfrastructure.ca. So obviously the top three issues that I uh, <laughs> care about are crime, transit, and infrastructure. Um, I think the uh, first and most important responsibility of any government anywhere at any level is the safety of its uh, residents. Um, since, uh, and because of that, crime takes number one spot. And uh, uh, for a, a variety of reasons, the uh, crime rate in, in Toronto area has increased uh, dramatically in the last uh, few years. Um, way different than it was 25 years ago when I came to, um, to, um, to uh, when I landed in the city. And uh, I think the trend is negative. So crime definitely needs to be addressed. And it's a complex issue because it's not... Uh, it's not a local issue. Uh, a lot of the root causes are coming from federal and provincial policies. Um, the next issue is transit. So uh, obviously, um, it's in everybody's mind, the fact that transit service and is going in the wrong direction. We get less transit and it's more expensive. My uh, way uh, is that transit should be uh, not uh, just affordable, but should be enticing. Uh, how do you entice a uh, family of four to drive, uh, to not to drive downtown for a night out, but to take the TTC when a fare is $3? So that's that's almost $20 in just in fare. So might as well drive and park and pay 15 bucks and and uh, get the comfort of my, uh, of my car. So that's the issue. It's uh, how do you convince more people to to ride the TTC and uh, and not drive. And uh, the last but not least, uh, infrastructure. So the city, uh, the infrastructure in the city is old and is getting, it's actually getting um, uh, even older and, and uh, it's breaking and needs to be addressed very quick. So those are the three main issues. Bill, I'll give you the first question. Go ahead. Sure. Um... You know, I, I feel like uh, your infrastructure bit was a bit vague, so I'm curious. Uh, what sort of things are we should we be concerned about? Uh, what should we what should we be rushing to fix? 
Okay, so uh, my my um, uh, platform on infrastructure is vague and it's vague on purpose. I don't claim to know things that I don't know. So my uh, my shtick in this uh, fight is the uh, is the competence. So my uh, my profile shows that I have a uh, very vast um, education and credentials, but I'm I've never been in the city hall, so I don't claim to know the issues. But I can tell you, I can see. I can see the roads are in a bad shape. When you drive to Toronto, you might as well you you need the you need a helmet so you don't bang your head against the uh, the car roof. And it's uh, this is such such an easy thing to fix. Meanwhile, people are talking about tearing down the DVP or the the gardener and uh, things that don't make any any sense. That we're talking billions of dollars in project. Meanwhile. The, the street that I, I drive on every day is full of potholes and it's it's damaging my car and it's slowing down people, makes me swerve left to, to right and maybe hit somebody. So uh, the the main, the, you know, the the basic things like, uh, like repairing the roads, I know it's not a sexy topic, but it needs to be done. Another thing, if you drive, I, I drove uh, the other day on, 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 um, on Bayview, uh, right uh, close to the Brittle Path, which is an expensive neighborhood, you still see the wood poles, electrical poles, that were put in like maybe 120 years ago. Uh, they're still there. Like we have wires, cables still hanging on the streets in the most expensive neighborhoods in the city. That's ridiculous. We still have our, the GO trains are still operated by diesel. In every small town in Germany or in Europe or anywhere in the world, not to talk about China uh, or, or Japan, they're electric. So we talk about uh, pollution, we talk about green stuff, green this, green that, let's buy um, electric cars. How about the, the trains? They're still running on diesel. So these are the kind of things. So I'm not after the big ticket items in the billions because the city just doesn't have that much money so use the money that you ha you have on a austerity budget focus on the the basic things repair the potholes um, and then put put in a place uh, put in place a, a, a plan to raise um, more funds for either from from taxes if if people agree to it if not from uh, provincial and federal uh, governments and only when you have the money then you talk about uh, big big projects such as tearing down the uh, um, the gardener. I like the, I, I've been in Boston many times and I like how they did. They buried the their version of the gardener. They buried it. It took them 15, 20 years. It was a total mess in the city. Not sure if we want to go through that, but it's beautiful now. So yeah, that it can be done, but that's a lot of money that we don't have right now. So I don't want to talk about things uh, pie in the sky that, uh, other candidates are talking about because it's just not feasible and it's uh, it's disingenuous to to lie to your electorate to, to promise things that you know very well that can be done. We have a, a over a billion dollar uh, hole in the budget. Where are you going to get the money to tear down the gardener? It's just uh, it's just ludicrous and I'm I'm sorry to to see how people are being tricked uh, every time we have elections people are being basically lied to directly to their faces, but they make the same mistake. They keep electing the same people. If I, as, a, as a Toronto voter, I would never vote for anybody who had a city councillor position because they, they had their chance. They haven't done anything. They, it's, it's worse than, than ever. Thank you. Uh, go ahead. 
Matthew, before you before you ask a question, and I don't have a question, it's more of a thought, uh, you know, as you brought up the idea that infrastructure, the subject itself is not sexy, but it's something that has to be done. Like it, it's, you know, it's a very important part of obviously city building. And again, this isn't a question, this is just more of a comment where when we elected John Tory to be our mayor, you know, he was supposed to be the the boring, unsexy, steady hand you know, after uh, after Rob Ford's mayorality. And so that's the sort of stuff that should have been getting done under his mayorality. And it's just, it's surprising and shocking to me that that wasn't the case. Again, not a question, just, just a random thought. Yeah. Uh, John Tory, uh, he, uh, he was a, to- a chief executive and his approach was that of a chief executive, not a hands-on. Uh, the the problem is with chief executives is uh, there's one thing to lead a, a pub a, a private company where you you are have people underneath you that are there based on competence and there's another thing when you are dealing with uh, with the city council where people have no competence no skills no education they're just uh, they're just big mouths and they are they are backstabbers and they they don't do anything they have zero competence so what you need there it's actually a different kind of skill which i think i do have i'm a cpm i'm a certified professional accountant i would be the nightmare the the auditor of the auditors there's a lot of stuff that's going on at the, at the city hall that needs to be stopped there's there's not i wouldn't call it waste and corruption necessarily but but just incompetence, pure sheer incompetence. Um, in my uh, professional life, um, I work in, um, in um, I'm a, a financial systems consultant, an HR systems consultant, and I had the opportunity to to uh, work as a consultant on finance systems. They, all these cities and mun- municipalities, the big ones in uh, in southern Ontario, run SAP. SAP is the largest um, business software um, uh, on the market. And they run SAP. That's my certification, SAP. And in that capacity, I had a chance to take a look at the finance uh, underneath, what's what's really in the books and the HR systems. And you wouldn't believe the amount of uh, incompetence that's going on in there. I, again, I'm not calling it corruption, just like other other candidates. I just call it incompetence. So, um, And the auditors are not, I not do. They're not doing a good job. I I have to say that there's a lot that's uh, that's going. The, the auditors go by the book. Was this contract awarded by the book? Yes, it was. Um, but they don't go beyond that. Well, um, they don't see the collusion between the bidders. They don't see. They they just they just apply their rules, and that that needs to be that that needs to change. So you need a, an an auditing of the auditors, and you need to. First of all, you need to make use, uh, good use of the money that the, the, the city already has before you move on to the next uh, level, which would be raising taxes. So I'm not the guy who says let's raise taxes. I'm not the guy who says there's corruption at the city hall. I'm just saying it's incompetence and that needs to, that needs to be addressed. And uh, that's going to bring some savings uh, to the table. Is it going to cover the $1 billion hole we're in? No, it's not. Uh, the difference has to be covered by a tax increase. So we 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 cannot fool ourselves into believing that with the with the taxes we we have right now, the tax rates we have now right now, uh, this city can even do the bare minimum, which is what I was saying earlier. Uh, crime, um, transit, and infrastructure. Those are the 
the bare minimums. Well, um, and and we don't have money for that alone. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I, I actually I, I I like the way in which I think you phrased it, which is, is it waste, uh, uh, incompetence, or corruption? Um, speaking though on uh, where you can find the money. You got a point to the single biggest line item in the Toronto city budget, which is the Toronto police budget. Uh, I'm just wondering, because uh, Phil and I sit on different sides of the political aisle, if you are in favor of, at, at bare minimum, looking for efficiencies inside the police budget, or going a step further and... Um, I, I guess the word, it's a popular word, defunding by any number of percent and uh, or anything else you want to say specifically on the Toronto police budget. I'd love to hear it. And now I'll be quiet. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say too much because I had a chance to actually work on the payroll <laughs> of the city. And uh, I know <clears throat> where the bodies are buried in there. So <laughs> I'll just say this. Um, it, the The budget... Uh, it's uh, it's way too big. It can be uh, reduced with no reduction in service. There's a lot of, um, okay, I'll say it. There's a lot of overtime. So, uh, so instead of, um, so it's, it's a way for the, for the city employees or public sector employees to get paid more instead of increasing their salaries, which you cannot do, then you short staff the department and then you ask people to come to work extra hours and you pay them 150%, 200%, 300%. Okay. So that can be easily fixed by hiring more people. So defunding the police is, is stupid. It's just a stupid idea. When you have your crime rates going up, you don't want to defund the police. You need to reform the police. You need to, uh, to, uh, to make sure that they are not abusing their power, of course, but that goes without saying. I mean, there are rules in the books already. You don't need to change legislation. You just need a an iron fist at the city hall who's going to uh, lay down the, uh, the law. Okay, these are the rules. You cannot abuse your power. And meanwhile, you just have to uh, optimize your workforce in a way that the budget covers most service without paying all those overtime rates. Overtime rates are going not into the not only in the police budget, but also it's 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 draining the budgets in, in construction. You wouldn't believe uh, the the rates, the the hourly rates that the construction workers are charging. Not because uh, of of again, there's no corruption. It's just. Short staffing and paying overtime. I hate this, especially in the public sector. Whenever I see overtime, I can tell you this is mismanagement. So again, going back to the police, I don't. I wouldn't increase their budget. I wouldn't reduce their budget. I would just go in and we optimize the workforce. Okay, that's one aspect to save money, provide more pol- more police service. And on the other hand, you need to work. We need to work. The mayor, the next mayor, needs to work on the, the culture of the police to make sure that they are obeying their own rules. Again, just like I was saying earlier about the auditing the auditors, we need to audit the inspector general to make sure that anything that goes, uh, anything bad that goes in, inside the police is actually, is not just uh, swept under the rug, but is dealt with. Because there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's too much of uh, abuse of power going on in the police but i wouldn't throw it out completely because hey uh, they they keep us safe 
There's no, there's nothing else. Absolutely. And when you're right, you're right. Uh, you know, I've been harping on this overtime thing for a while now. Phil, do you got a question? Uh, I do. And actually, the thing is, uh, you're making great points about, you know, the need for reform. And I guess my main question is, how do we do that? I mean, okay, so in the February council session, um, they they brought up the, the numbers, for example, a priority one call is supposed to have a response time of six minutes. The the real time they stated was 20 minutes, closer to 30 minutes if they have a staffing issue that particular night. I guess my main question is, how do we fix the culture? How do we improve this performance? Oh, the, well, it's, it's, it's simple. So whenever you, you're dealing with an organization that's underperforming, first step is, as a, I learned this in my MBA school, one, my, one of my certificates are from the University of Washington and, and uh, Executive Master of Business Administration. You have to clean up the first top three levels of management because you, you, it's not enough to, to replace the commissioner. The commissioner has under, under him or her two layers of management that are underperforming. You can't put all the blame on on the one person on the top. So you have to replace. You just wipe out the three levels of uh, of management and put new new people in place. And then you put metrics for their performance. That is what people need. How do you get to six minute service? I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. I'm the mayor. Okay. You do it, and then you hire people. You promote people from from uh, from below, people who have been performed very well, and then you give them this task, and they will tell you because nobody knows the business of the police better than people who are in the middle management, young people who are in the middle management, not the top, not the fat cats on top. Those need to go, okay? But there are middle management people who are waiting for a promotion. And you you select them carefully, and then you give them the metrics that you need. Okay, we need this response time. We need to optimize their the payroll. The payroll we we have. How much overtime do we have? We have twenty percent overtime in cost because they go to different GL accounts, right? So you know how much is the salary, how much is the overtime. You can't have twenty percent overtime. That that's mismanagement. So you have to get it down to five percent. If you have more than five percent overtime. Obviously, you're overstaffed. You're uh, sorry. You're understaffed. So you need to hire more people. How do you hire more people? I don't know. You, Mr. Middle Management, that I just promoted you. You deal with it. You find more people. You know how to find more people. So uh, the talent is not on top. Is not the mayor. The mayor is not going to fix anything. The mayor is just there to give directions. But you need to to select the people who are going to carry forward this organization. And those people are not. Again, not at the top. They had their chance. People at the top had their chance, and they need to go. There's, no, there's no. This is not a, a royal um, um, lineage here. You, you don't, uh, you don't um, uh, have that position forever. No, you had your chance. You're underperforming. You're out. Can I? Can and I, then can new I people come in. Yes, can, go I, ahead. can I just interrupt you for a second? Yeah. Would, the, would you take that uh, that philosophy and apply it to the other files with the city of, of Toronto, course. like like the TTC, the TCA? Of course, oh. of course, yes, yeah. So, and, but again, as as I was saying, it's a, I learned this at the MB program. 
any organization, doesn't matter if it's a business or a private sector, or if it's underperforming, you don't try to fix it with the same people who brought you into that situation. Those people need to go. You can you can keep them as advisors, but you you take away their executive responsibilities. The best talent you will ever find in an organization is not from the outside, is not from the top, is not political appointees. Middle management. Think about the 35, 40-year-old who has proven themselves, who everybody around them have good things to say about them you look at their linkedin profile you look, you you talk about uh, you 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 talk about them to other people in the organization people know in any organization who are the high performers and you give them a chance you say i'll promote you i'll throw you two levels up don't let me down and these are this is your mandate these are your your objectives you have to meet this metrics and you give them a chance Maybe they're 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 gonna fail, but that's your best chance at, a, at any organization. Middle management promotion, kick out the fat cats, give them an advisory role if you cannot fire them, because in the public sector you cannot fire people. But you can give them an advisory role, uh, you know, a uh, a nice cushy job uh, until they hit retirement. You get, can get rid of them properly. Uh, Philip, I'm just aware of our time, so I'll give you the last question, and then we'll go into the closing. Go ahead. Uh, sure. You know, I guess I just want to ask, uh, where, where do you think we are with the TTC in terms of, you know, we just, we cut service, we increased fares, and as you said, yeah. um, that's the complete opposite of where we're going. We want yeah. to incentivize people to want to take the TTC not simply not simply as an option but as a preferred option to get them out of their cars what what do you think um how do you think as mayor you could make that happen i want to say relatively quickly i don't mean immediately i know that's impossible but uh you know the speed at which government moves how do you think you could improve that experience and get people to choose the TTC over their cars Okay, so you get to you choose you you get the people uh, entice. It's not um, the right way. Is you you have to entice people. You cannot force people to take TTC. So how do you entice them? Well, the the service has to be good, broad, and it has to be a cheap or cheaper than driving. How do you make that happen? Um, I had the pleasure to look at the finances of TTC with a. CPAI. Not a lot of people have done that, especially not politicians. You think about the fare. You pay three dollars. You you collect three dollars in fare. You know how much money you spend. You TTC spend to collect the three dollars, because it's not uh, it's not three dollars uh, pure income. It has a cost of goods sold. So when you sell a ticket for three dollars, you spent almost two dollars to sell it. Because it's it's all the um, all the um, infrastructure of selling the tickets, um, and and also the um, you lose revenues because people are some a lot of people are not paying. Then you have to hire a fair um, um, inspectors. The, those salaries are huge. A fair inspector is uh, what sixty thousand, seventy thousand. How much? How many fares? How many fines do they have to issue to just to justify their salary? Okay, so the, right. so it makes no sense. Like the fair system 
makes no sense. It's either you make it um, you make it uh, mandatory, easy. People in I, I've been to Europe um, two weeks ago. People pay with their credit card. They just tap, just like you tap at Starbucks and you pay your fare. But the penalties have to be steep. It has to be north of five thousand dollars if you want to have people pay their fares. Because otherwise, with with the system we have right now, it's it's not uh, it's not scaring anybody. So that's one way to do it. The other idea that I have, and I, people say I'm crazy when I bring this up, I would get rid of the fares, especially in the downtown core. If you want people to, to take the TTC, it's called the, the hop on, hop off concept, where from Eglinton down and from uh, Dufferin to, um, to Bayview, in anywhere in that square should be fare free. You get on the on the streetcar, then at the next intersection you hop off and you get on another streetcar or on a bus and you go somewhere. That will convince people to leave their cars at home. Nothing else. How do you cover for the whole of that uh, that you produce by lo losing all the money from the fares? By by the way, I'm I don't I'm actually th I actually think that the city is breaking even with the fares. The cost of collecting fares it's actually equal I think with the revenue from from it the rest is subsidies so the way i would i would uh, 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 cover for that cost uh, would be by charging a uh, downtown core vignette fee by vignette just like when you pay your green fee parking by license plate if you want to drive in that downtown core you have to pay a fee just like you pay a fee to park the car okay now if you're a resident there you you get to pay half of that fee Vignettes, it's uh, popular in Europe, and they have reduced traffic downtown. So this this measure not only increases the use of uh, transit, uh, decreases the the driving, but also it reduces the congestion and the pollution. Like the, all those cars that are sitting for an hour to get out of Bayview um, onto the Gardener, they are burning gas for no reason, and you can get rid of that all that by simply charging a fee to anybody who wants to drive downtown. You need to have a vignette. A vignette is a sticker you put on a windshield or you pay by license plate. And with that money, you cover the cost of free hop-on, hop-off TTC. That, my friend, will get everybody using TTC. You will need to buy more buses. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on and, and letting us know what a, you know, what a, Mayor, uh, sorry, Nikula government would look like. Um, just before we go, I'd love for you, this is your time to talk to our vote, the voters and let them know why they should vote for you. Don't forget to include your website and anything else you want to say. Go ahead, my friend. The floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you very much. So my website is crimetransitinfrastructure.ca. I wanted to have a uh, a website that that uh, promotes the three issues that I think they're I think they're key issues for the voters. Crime, the crime level in in Toronto is is starting to resemble a north like an American city, which I don't like to even name uh, cities like Chicago, um, but I will. And I don't want the, the the shootings like 25 years ago when I came to 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 Toronto, there were no shootings. I did never heard of uh, anything like that in 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 the news. Infrastructure and, and transit, again, um, my ideas are quite uh, revolutionary, but they're coming from a guy who has a CPA. 
who else out of these candidates has a CPA, an MBA? I have a master's in architecture, a PMP project a management professional, and I have extensive uh, work experience with cities um, across southern Ontario on finance and HR systems. So these are my credentials I bring to the table. What I want to tell um, uh, Toronto voters, do not sleepwalk into a communist socialist regime. What you have right now is people that don't realize the damage that the election of a socialist communist uh, a mayor will bring to the city. As bad as it was, John Tory at least was not that. So my friends, be careful. If, if you end up electing somebody who has these ideas in head, like affordable housing, which is a total government waste, affordable housing. So my friend Olivia, um, who I was a, a, a candidate against in 2014, came up with this idea, okay, we're going to build uh, affordable housing for, uh, for what, 25,000 people. Well, when, when people across Canada are going to find, not only across Canada, across, uh, across uh, the world, they're going to find out that uh, Toronto gives away uh, affordable housing, they're going to come to Toronto. So you're going to have overnight another 100,000 people who need affordable housing. When is this going to end? And why does the why do the city the 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 residents of Toronto have to pay for mistakes made that by the federal government? Uh, a lot of uh, uh, poverty um, uh, the, the 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 poverty generates uh, um, uh, a lot of people in need of affordable housing. Those people need to be relocated to another place, another great Canadian town or city where the rent is cheaper. Why do you need to be in downtown, in the most expensive uh, city of Canada? Why do you need to be there? Is there a good reason for you to be there? How about go to um, Chatham, Ontario? It's a wonderful city and the rent is a third of what's in, in, in Toronto. That's to me affordable housing. Go some other place. If you cannot afford to live in Toronto, go some, somewhere else. OK, you, if, when the government intervenes in the free market, the free market gets disrupted. These are communist socialist ideas. I come from a communist country. I was born and raised in Romania. I could not wait to become an elder and run out of there because it's the most inefficient, most stupid uh, government system that leads to just corruption and total disaster. Do not fall for that m big mistake. OK, let the market run its course. And people who cannot afford to live in the city should go to another city. And I don't mind if the federal government um, pays for their relocation. It's simple as that. And uh, not everybody needs to live in, in the city of Toronto. So this is my message to the, the voters of Ontario. If my credentials don't convince you to vote for me, if my platform doesn't convince me, you to vote for me, please at least do not vote for a socialist communist uh, candidate. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and, and letting us know what's up. We, uh, we wish you luck in the, in the campaign. And, you know, we're, we're excited for the city of Toronto, the future. I, I am excited too. And that was Michael Nicola. You know, I, I do want to apologize because we did this interview a few weeks back. Uh, we just got it now. So, uh, apologies sent out, but, uh, I mean, what did you think of the interview, Phil? You know, okay. So I don't very often, and as, as someone pointed out, a commenter for our show had pointed out a few weeks back, you know, there's some times where we don't push back. And I feel like there are times where I should be pushing back. 
And I'm working on it. Let's just say I would like to work on it where I feel more comfortable pushing back in interviews, but I'm not there yet. I, you know, I'm not a professional at this. I don't know how. So I had already sort of written this guy off when he had, we had asked him a question about, I can't remember what in particular it was, but it was a question. Well, he answered by basically saying he doesn't necessarily have to have a plan because he's going to hire people to, you know, to resolve this stuff. He's not wrong. And that's the reality of being mayor. But, you know, if we're asking him about housing, if we're asking him about, um, you know, violence, crime and all that stuff, you know, the other mayoral candidates have a platform. They have plans. So you can't just expect that someone will look at you and think like, oh, he's just going to be a good city manager. Really, that's that's what it sounds like he'd rather be running for, a city manager. And the most important thing I, I'd like to point out, um, you know, when we sent him off to to say his kind of last words, the, you know, say whatever you want, the floor is yours bit. Um, and then he talked about how you shouldn't, you shouldn't buy into the idea of affordable housing. If you can't live in the city of Toronto, you should leave. What he doesn't realize is that he unintentionally was speaking to both Matthew and I. Um, we are not high earners in the city of Toronto. We are two regular people struggling in the city, trying to get by. And we're just we're hoping for people who are interested in making our lives easier, not necessarily better without any effort on our part. But, you know, by by deciding that there's a certain income threshold for you so you should live in the city of Toronto, you're basically saying that if you can't afford that, you don't deserve Toronto services, you don't deserve the transit, you don't deserve anything. You're If you're poor, you deserve to live in a poor place. And that's ridiculous. It's offensive. It, yeah. Beyond anything else, it is <clears throat> extremely offensive. And that was that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, last week, we I asked a pertinent question to you. I asked, who the fuck is, what's his name? Zaya Huagong. Oh, yes. So I Any did some... On, uh, on our new friend Gong? So I did some digging. And you're not going to believe... Oh, sorry. You know what? One other thing. Fuck. <laughs> before we get along with... Before we, we get along with Gong, there's something I need to read. Uh, this goes back to the debate. So just go back to the last segment. Uh, Rob Davis asks Canada Revenue Agency to investigate Olivia Chow's political training charity for fraud. Chow has refused to identify donors and appears to have received personal benefits from her charity's activities. Mayoral candidate Rob Davis today made a formal request of uh, to the uh, Canada Revenue Agency's Charities direct, uh, Directorate to open an investigation into fraud and non-compliance with the Income Tax Act by Olivia Chow and the Institute for Change Leaders, the political training charity she founded in 2016. The request follows Chow's refusal to identify donors to the charity and prove that she did not use 
taxpayer-supported charitable donations to train people who are now working on her mayoralty campaign. In an open letter on April 27th, Davis demanded that Chow be forthcoming and transparent by disclosing this information. Quote, Olivia Chow needs to come clean on who donated to her charity and whether she used money to train political activists who are now volunteering or working on her mayoralty campaign, end quote, said Davis. Uh, another quote, she can ignore me and the people of Toronto who want to know the truth, but she won't be able to ignore a compliance audit by the Canada Revenue Agency. Tax returns filed by the Institute for Change Leaders reveal that the charity reported a sudden and unexplained windfall of $562,652 in receipted uh, donations in 2022, a hundred times the $5,610 in received, uh, received do uh, donations it reported in 2021. Quote, in today's climate of legitimate public concern about whether about where charities and foundations get their funding, we are entitled to transparency and full disclosure from Olivia Chow about who was behind the massive hundredfold increase in donations to train participants in Canada's political system, end quote, said Davis. Uh, another quote, was it a foreign actor seeking to influence our political system? Was it unions doing an end run on the laws that ban them from funding political candidates? The people of Toronto and all Canadians are entitled to know exactly what's been going on here. End quote. Another quote. Uh, Only through prompt and full disclosure can Olivia Chow prove that she and her charity have been fully compliant with the law and not subject to interference and manipulation, and that she has not benefited personally from her charity's activities. In his request to the charity's directorate, Davis asks the CRA to, one, investigate the massive increase in donations to Chow's charity and determine if improper fundraising was conducted, two, determine if Chow has received personal benefits from the charity's activities, including by having trainees uh, volunteer or work on her mayoralty campaign. Three, report publicly on non-compliance or fraud identified. And four, suspend, annul, or revoke the charitable status of Chow's charity and penalize and sanction Chow as, an, as appropriate in accordance with the provisions of the Income Tax Act and regulations. StopChow.com. Your thoughts? That was a lot. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of information there to, <clears throat> to parse with very, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know where it came from. Uh, oh, he, he, I don't know. Was, if... He was handing these out at the debate. Okay, I see. I mean, so I don't. I don't think I have a very. As you know, as I've. Do stated, you think? Do you no, think you know this is? Do you think this is legitimate, or is it for show because it's the election? Well, actually, Matthew, I think you've you've asked the question perfectly. I don't want to dismiss it out of hand. 
only but it okay i i i'm let's just say it feels to me like it's it's election showboating and you know but i don't want to dismiss it but I, I i think that's as much as i i can give because that you know it's 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 a lot of information in a very short amount of time. Well, to our listeners, we are going to follow up on this story. But let's get back to what we were talking about before. Mr. Zaya Huagong. And I'm sure you've seen his signs. Uh, they're everywhere. I don't understand well, Matt, his donation budget. <laughs> Sorry, you go ahead and then I'll start. Because I got something. Okay. Well, so here's the funny thing. First of all, I mean... Gong kind of being all over the city is is a bit of a meme at this point. So that was funny in itself. And then I, you know, I was headed to work one day. It was in Warden Station. It's a it's a surprisingly popular tweet of mine. Uh, let me see. Yeah, actually, okay. So this got twenty one likes. Gong has TTC property uh, advertising budget. So that's one. Now, so that was on June 9th I posted that. Oh, that was three days ago. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, my God. Oh, well, okay, then. Oh, this was only two days ago. Uh, I posted another thing, got even more traction than my original gong tweet, which was he has advertisement on CP24. Are you saying you ratioed yourself? Was it inside the same tweet? Uh, No, it wasn't. It was not. (laughs) So I did not. But. Matthew, I appreciate that you're picking up on the terms. Good for you. Correct. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't. I It wasn't a retweet of myself, but yes, it very close to I, I almost uh, <laughs> almost ratioed myself. But okay, so we've seen TTC advertising money, which is crazy. CP24 advertising money, which is crazy. Something I wouldn't even know how people get it out there. People have been posting screenshots of, you know, those mobile games that force ads in the middle of the games? Yes. He's had his ads pop up on those, too. Where do you even begin getting your ads there? Who is this guy? <laughs> so well, so what's really funny is, oh, actually, you said you've done digging. So you might actually have probably better information than I do. Not really. Uh, I have something from... There's an article from December 21st, 2017. It's from the Ontario Securities Commission. The OSC charges Zaya Hua Gong, in brackets Edward Gong, with criminal fraud offenses. The Ontario Securities Commission announced today that Zaya Hua Gong, also known as Edward Gong, of Toronto, Ontario, has been charged with fraud and related offences under the Criminal Code of Canada following a lengthy investigation by the OSC's Joint Serious Offences Team. Specifically, Gong has been charged with the following criminal offences spanning a period from January 1st, 2012 to December 20th, 2017. One count of fraud over 5,000, contrary to section 380, sub 1, sub A. Uh, One count of possession of property obtained by crime, contrary to section 354, sub 1. One count of laundering proceeds of crime, contrary to section 462, uh, uh, 
and one count of uttering a forged document contrary to section 368 sub 1 sub B. These allegations relate to the fraudulent sale of hundreds of millions of dollars of securities in two companies, 024 Pharma PLC and Canada National TV Inc. Uh, CNTV to Chinese citizens. These uh, the OSC alleges that both companies are controlled by Gong and the sale of their securities was orchestrated by Gong from the greater Toronto area. The OSC further alleges that a significant percentage of the money obtained by this scheme was directed to Gong's bank accounts in Canada, which he then used for his personal benefit. On Thursday, December 21st, 2017, OSC staff, the Royal Canadian Mountain Pol Mounted Police, and the Toronto Police Service executed search warrants on premises in North York, including Gong's residence and alleged place of business. Uh, JSOT staff and police are seeking to arrest Mr. Gong. The OSC conducted this investigation with the assistance from members of the Economic Crime Investigation Department, the Ministry of Public Security of the People's Republic of China. And I didn't get the rest of the whatever was left of the article. But that's from 2017. So, wait, do you have more thoughts on that? Or I just want to add something on top of that. Go ahead. So, uh, on, on my tweet where I... Uh, you know, posted about Gong's CP24 ad, I did get some people linking some stuff to me because Gong seems to be this very interesting Toronto case. And so this is a Globe and Mail article. I'm not, I'm not going to read anything beyond the headline, but this is from June 16th, 2021. So this is pretty recent. Uh, and this is, this is going to go into a thought I have after, but so the, the article title is Canadian Businessman Cuts Record $60 Million Forfeiture Deal with New Zealand Police Over Profits from Pyramid Scheme. Uh, so a lot of people have sort of been, been, been musing about how excited they are to see Gong's financial disclosure as soon as the election's over. Mm -hmm. This dude's not disclosing. This dude's not disclosing shit. He, he's he's gonna he's gonna not file he's gonna be fined and he's gonna pay the fine because clearly this guy does not give a shit about his money which would explain because uh what's the limit is it twenty five thousand dollars of your own money so um i think that's the case for counselor candidates i'm not sure what the the limit for mayor has to be more um you know because it's the whole city but I, I'm not sure what those are. But you would think he's he's doing overspending by quite a bit. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I was excited just for the uh, mere mere possibility that he's going to take votes away from Olivia Chow. What? I and that's interesting. I don't. I don't even really know what his strategy is or. I guess I should look into his platform. I have no idea even what he's for. It's just, I, f I feel like at this point, he's just going for the meme that everyone recognizes his face. True, but the two things, the thing Ooh. you read and the thing I read, 
both extremely negative. Oh, yeah. Why do we think that he would respect the mayor's chair? Because I don't. Oh, absolutely. Listen, he's not going to. <clears throat> like, he's. it's fortunate that he's not going to win, but I, I think he's banking on, and smart of him to also put the, the number on his, like, his ballot thing. Because they are going to, I can tell you, I feel pretty safe in saying he's going to get at least, and I, I say this, um, he's going to get at least 500 votes. And that's not a huge number, but 500 people from the city of Toronto will walk into that booth with no idea who they're going to choose. Remember that they've seen the sign with his face and number and vote for him. I am predicting 500 people. Not not that he only gets 500 votes total, but that he, he gets simply 500 votes just for those signs. Which, I mean, is, is terrible dollars to vote ratio because he had to spend a lot of money on those signs. But that's that's just my prediction. All right. So if we have nothing else to add here, we're going to go to our next segment, which is a recorded piece. Unfortunately... Uh, Phil couldn't be part of this. Uh, he he slept in. Uh, he's uh, taking. I mean, I did. You're not. <laughs> listen, I I committed my just just so our listeners know, I committed myself to Matthew. I said I will be available at this time. I will be there for you, one hundred percent, good sir. I didn't say it like that, but you know, I. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, what happens? Day of time of, I'm passed the fuck out. Matthew tries to call me. I saw that on my phone. Um, I did not hear that phone call at all. So I apologize. You are still the greatest co-host I've ever had. <laughs> I want you to know that. And I'm, be I'm being serious. Um, they, You know what? It's all good, man. Uh, it was on a special day so that we could do today and, and we could, you know, breeze through it. So... This next clip is uh, something that we uh, brushed on last week. Um, this is the entire story of the fiasco that is Ashen Fernando and everything that happened. And joining me for this clip is going to be uh, mayoral candidate Philip DeCruz, who has a personal story as well. And I hope you guys enjoy it. And we will see you on the other side. And we're back. And... Uh, our, uh, my co-host Phil is uh, missing in action, but maybe he'll join us in a bit. But uh, with me until then is uh, 2023 municipal or mayoral candidate uh, Philip DeCruz. Uh, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Um, we know why we're both here, so let's just get down to business. Um, <laughs> this is uh, the promised update that uh, I kind of teased last week on last week's show. So let's talk about it. Let's, let's get into the thick of it. Now, um, at certain points, our stories interconnect. Um, I'll tell my story. And then if you want to jump in with kind of, because until you hear the current stuff, I don't think that the background stuff, you, you look at it and then you're like, oh, now I get it. I understand. You want me to? Um, um, oh, right there. So I'll just I'll, I'll go first and tell our listeners what we're talking about. Okay. Um, we've been drugged. I've been drugged through the mud. I've been slandered. 
I've been, what was the word he used? <laughs> uh, shut down? No. no, no, he's trying to shut me down. I've been slandered. I've hated, been, hated, hated. I've been, I've been all sorts of things. He's saying all sorts of things about me. And of course I'm referring to what, what I thought was a, was a friend, I guess, former friend now, um, 2022 uh, uh, city council candidate Ashen Fernando for Ward 25, but that doesn't matter. I'm not going to give him his whole uh, thing. Anyway, um, my first uh, um, experience was interviewing him. We did the interview uh, leading up to October election day. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, he would just keep calling me for an endorsement. And uh, between the time I interviewed him and the time it aired, there were things that you told me and that I've heard that I didn't like. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to endorse this guy. Of course, I didn't endorse anyone until you remember we did the live special on YouTube. Yep. And uh, and I abstained from endorsing anyone in uh, War 25 because at the time I didn't like Jennifer McKelvey coming back. For the simple fact is not because she's a woman. I didn't like how close she was to John Tory. And I figured like she's the female John Tory. But I guess there are a few counselors you could say that about, like Anna Bailau. She's more like the female John Tory. And, you know, we've had seven months since the election. And now I can say that, you know, I think that uh, Jennifer McKelvey doesn't get a fair shake. Um, she's still not someone that. I completely trust, but in, in the eyes of like in, you know, John Tory resigned and then now she is doing, she's doing a commendable job stepping into shoes. She didn't know that this was going to happen. Nobody did. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm fairly certain if John Tory knew this was going to happen, he'd, he, he wouldn't have ran in 2022. He would have mm -hmm. stuck to his original thing and just ran two terms and then he was out. Um, so I commend her on the job she's doing, even if I don't agree with everything she is doing. Well, she's doing an excellent job. Councilor and deputy mayor, she stepped up, eh? Absolutely. In the city so, and the mayor, yeah. But getting back to my story, so I didn't endorse anyone for Ward 25, as you know that. So then we fast forward a few months, and of course, uh, I, I guess um, we we gotta we gotta throw your story in. Uh, so for those of you guys who don't know, uh, after the election, Phil DeCruz started his own show called Cruising with Phil. Uh, I was the first guest, but then he's had multiple other people on his show. Uh, it's not really election related. Sometimes you do talk about what happened during the election, but it's more about people's life stories and conquering their challenges and stuff like that. Um, and then you had Ashton Fernando on your show. Uh, go ahead and, and tell your story and then will kind of weave it into what's been going on in the last, since since John Tory resigned. Uh, Should I start at the beginning? Should I start at the beginning? No, no, no. Just just start um, with him being on your show. Oh, you know, the people want to know how I met this guy? Well, well, if you want to go back. Yeah, I think we should. Just, because just we're, remember, we're, we're sticking to just facts here that we can yeah, prove. Okay, okay. Well, facts are. I start. I got in. Oh, I registered May thirteenth. I met this guy beginning in June. What I was there's a Twitter in twenty twenty two. Yeah, you, you have these Twitter trolls, right? We had a Twitter troll. I don't know their name, a lady 
and she was attacking all the candidates. Well, some of them for nasty stuff. So I get I did a warning to all the candidates. Didn't know half the candidates yet, knowing a few of them. So, anyways, from that warning, candidates, he contacted me on the DM, meaning direct message on Twitter, and introduced himself. He saw my uh, platform, and I saw his, and I liked it. And then he started showing me he had a chitter troll himself named Nick Cosman. The time I didn't know who Nick Cosman was, so I believed him. Showed me all his tweets and his uh, direct messages. So anyways, he wanted me to endorse him. I got the proof. So I endorsed him, and then he endorsed me. So that was fine. So I was tweeting back. And, and when was that? When 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 did the endorsement come through? Was that in May or June? No, it was in June. As soon as I met him, he uh, asked me to endorse him. So I said, and did the same for me. So back and forth on the DM message. Never met him once, you know, and uh, just talking back and forth. We were talking with different people. That's all in DM, all messages. Anyways, um, uh, ending in June was the uh, Pride Pride Parade coming up. And in the States, remember, they passed the law for about uh, abortions or whatever? Well, I, no, no, no. What they did was they overturned Roe v. Wade. Yeah, and, yeah. And, they, and they left it up to each state to decide yeah. for themselves yeah. instead of a federal ban. Yeah, ban. so anyway, yeah. So that's the first thing he put on his, he made a statement on his Twitter account that he uh, supports John Pence, is that his name? The guy in the American guy? No, it was uh, Mike Pence. Mike Pence, yeah. So anyways, they put some other stuff on his uh so anyways, I saw his Twitter and I said I can't endure, I can't support you with your decision because I'm even though I'm Catholic, I'm pro-choice, right? So I said I gotta pull my endorsement. And he did the same. Anyways, we left it at that. I thought it was over. And um and then downtown of Pride, my friends saw my I did a video back in May, because I get a lot of emails and people ask me. If you were going to pick a counselor, which five would you pick to run for mayor based on the credentials and their community health? So I picked them on that because I never knew any of them. Yeah. So I picked five of them when I was Jennifer McKelvey, now deputy mayor for for, for brief time here. But anyways, so I, uh, my friend said, why don't you, uh, you did a video back in May. Why don't you do a tweet about it? So I did that. So like not even a week after I did a tweet, a tweet about Jennifer McKelvey based on her credentials or community involvement, the work and the, and, and, and the feedback. When I was, when I was canvassing, I also asked people, who do, you, who do you support? And they all said Jennifer McKelvey. I said, that's great. Okay. So based on the people's feedback, so I did that. So not even a week after that happened, uh, he came back and started trashing me with accusations that I picked her because I was spiting him and all this. And I said, no, I did a video back in May. I put that on the Twitch to prove that wrong. He did another, a couple more other tweets. And, uh, and then he did a two-page article on his tweet. And he kept it there for five months, asking the mayor, John Tory, all Ward Canis, all Mary Canis, to pull my, tell me to force me to pull my running for bid for mayor because I'm trashing his character and attacking him with all these innuendos. And I put every one of them wrong on DM messages. But I guess you think because he blocks you, you get your messages blocked, but that doesn't happen. Hold on, hold on. Pump the brakes for a second. So just so, just so our listeners can be clear, are you saying that, uh, this is all stemming from you pulling your endorsement or is yeah. this has to do with not only you pulling your endorsement, but your support of Jennifer McKelvey, because that yes. was at the time his yeah. rival. That was, that was in his write-up. He says, I picked Jennifer. I chose Jennifer. I endorsed her because I spited him and I pulled his endorsement. I said, no, I said, I had made a video. I put the video that I did back in May that I picked five candidates, McKelvey, Bradford, uh, Layton, uh, this is the time, Robinson and uh, Carol, five of them, right? So because I just coincided, I just happened to choose the first one I picked to do a tweet to endorse her on a written instead of a verbal. 
And that's what happened. So he reacted to the uh, picking her and pulling his endorse my endorsement. So that's when it got nasty, basically. So anyways, I proved every one of his lies wrong. He stepped, he kept that message, that article on his website, his Pui website for five months. People calling me up that never knew me. People that knew me call me. I say, hey, what's this guy doing? And we have, cashed. do we have that? No, he erased it. He, he erased he, it. Yeah, I wasn't smart like you <laughs> at the time. Yeah. So anyways, that was okay. You know, I don't mind that. But then the phone call started. The block, when I was canvassing, the phone call, block phone call. My mother's low and low. I come home and she said, this guy keeps, somebody keeps calling me, blocking the number, hangs up. I said, okay, okay. This went on for like two weeks. So my mom's an old, proud Irish lady. She had enough of this guy. She knew who it was. We can't say, just a block number. So she made an appealing video and I got it. And she addressed him. Ashton Fernando asked him, please, to stop harassing us. Stop with the phone calls. I'm an 88-year-old woman with a heart condition, which she does. And she appealed him, and she asked him kindly on the video, please. And did he stop? No. Went on for another two weeks. You know? So finally, I made a tweet after uh, I proved all his, his tweets wrong or whatever. It's like a slow proper. Anyways, uh, that's, it almost was finished. I thought it was over. Then he did one last tweet. And I wish I I copied it. I know somebody has a copy that I just got told they're going to give it to me. And in this tweet, you remember a while back, I said he used to talk to a guy named Nick Kosovan on DM messaging. See, Nick attacks everybody. Not He just goes after every candidate. They're calling nobodies and prove yourself. That's just his thing, right? That's his right. So that's why he got offended, this Ashton Fernando. So anyways, there was a message that Nick tweeted or DMs, and Nick's a friend of Jennifer McKelvin's because I met him after that. He told me. Then the message just says that he has three hearts for Jennifer McKelvin, meaning they're friends. And he says, who are you, Ashley Fernanda? You're nobody. So he took that message, addressed to Jennifer McKelvey from Nick Cosman, telling Ashley Fernanda. He took this message to Ashley Fernanda, cut it in half, and he put down my name, my Twitter line, my name. He put down, Philip the Cruz has three hearts for Jennifer McKelvey, has sexual love. That's when I lost it. You know, I said, you can trash me, you can dish me, but you attack, you make any kind of assault, verbal, aggressive, abusive, physical, on any woman, uncalled for. She had nothing to do with this dispute. It's because she's running as counselor. She's an established counselor, successful. And that's where the jealousy started, just because of that. So the next day. And we have, and, and you said we're going to have this tweet. Yeah, I got a friend that actually called. He says, I have a copy. I said, that's great, because he erased it. He erased it the next day, right? So anyways, it stopped for a while. So I didn't bother with him. He still kept that message, that article on his tweet for five months. So think about it. I'm canvassing around. I'm talking to people. Hey, this guy named Ashton Fernando has got it right. He's trashing you on his thing. He wants you to withdraw. What's his all about? I have to explain the whole story. So imagine that new running for new rank for mayor, you know, just registered Twitter, and this is going out like a soap opera. This guy, right? So, anyways, it got quiet. Continued on my canvassing, and then a couple months later, I get a DM message from a woman named Jacinta who's running in his ward, twenty-five. She says, "I'm being harassed by this guy. He keeps calling me up and telling me to quit and all this stuff." She didn't have more sort of story than this one thing. So I said, who is this guy? And who are you? And she says, my name's Jacinta, her last name. And she says, Ward 25. I said, ah, oh, great. You got Ashton Fernando, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyways. Okay, well, we don't have Jacinta on. So let's, yeah. Let's, yeah, fa let's, move on. let's fast forward to anyways, after the I, election. Yeah, wait, wait. Yeah. Hold I, on. I, I, got, I, got, I, I got questions. I got questions. Yeah, but don't forget, I, made, I went down to this beat before you end that. Oh, Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So then months later, so the election was coming to the end, debates were happening. So I said, I'm going to go down there. I talked to Nick Gossip, man. You mind if I share his tweet or your DM? He said, go ahead. 
when Dana confronted him at his before his debate started, I might want to like yell and scream and make a confrontation, make public class took my side. He apologized. He apologized for doing that. He said it was stupid of him for doing something like that. And was and said he said he apologized to Jennifer McKelvey. I believe him at the time. So I said, okay, we'll leave it at that. And we'll let it go. We'll make peace. I'm a peaceful guy, not out to get anybody. So I left it at that. So that that was it. So we made peace and that was it. And then I just started doing my video pod. And, and you forgot to mention, Matt, you inspired me to do a video pod. So there. <laughs> well, thank yes. you. Yeah, you're welcome. So, so fast forward to you guys. I don't know how it happened. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you tell us how it happened, setting up the um, uh, that ill-fated interview, uh, which we will play, um, but well, because you generously gave me access to your, because yeah, you but, own the footage. Yeah, so before that, just remember, I started my video pod called Cruising with Bill, inspired by Matthew King, helped me out the first time forever so anyways i had him i made peace with the guy i want to have people on the show talk about the story and i like i did like his platform because he spoke for mental health yeah but needs. okay so my question and probably the question on the listener's mind is so for me once somebody does me dirty i can't trust them ever again like yeah. i can i can sit here with you right now uh, uh on june whatever the fuck date this is and tell you without a shadow of a doubt, there will never be a collaboration between myself and Ash and Fernando. Yeah. But, but you don't roll that way. And I guess the, for the listeners, how are you able to, um, I know you're, you said you're a peaceful guy, but how are you able to get past um, what he did? Go ahead. I always apologize. And I believe it's a policy at the time, but I'm, you know, second chances, right? You know, sometimes we do stupid things. I've done a few in my life, quite a few. So anyways, uh, I was doing the uh, interviews. I did you first and a couple others. And then I, and then I, uh, he started, he, oh, he unblocked me. He started DMing it. And he said he liked my show. And I uh, said, you want to come on the show? Come on the show. We'll do an interview. We'll talk about your platform, right? So we did. So it was the first time we talked on two parts. So that was fine. I was always positive and, you know, he's, the interviews and then the second time he came on was during the bell talk day that was before christmas i think and that was was it before yeah, after, after christmas the, you know the bell talk we had bell about mental health yes yeah so he contacted me on the dm and he wanted to do the bell talk he was insistent on doing this interview right so i said okay you know and what where are we in terms of dates can you give me a month was this this is i think before the uh, john terry resignation right this is leading up to that, right? This yeah, is, yeah. This is yeah. the interview we're talking about. Yeah, this is the, so it was like a three-part. I sent you the second part. You heard it, right? Yes. Yeah, so anyways, the three-part belly. Then I'm sitting there realizing this is all about promoting this guy, you know? He was using my show to promote himself, using the Bell Talk Mental Health Day for self-promotion. I'm for promotion, but when you use, like, I would never go on your show, Matt, and say, I want to do this and this, but it's all about me, because this is your pod show. That's just the way it is, right? That's common sense or courtesy well let's Anyways, talk about the let's talk about the interview go ahead so the bill the bill was three parts the second part you've seen the video i sent it to you in the audio and you heard him trying to control the interview he didn't want to something on tiktok he wanted me to hear something he couldn't find it he wanted me to delete the second part do the next part part two next week and i said no 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 no, you're not controlling my show we do the part here we get we'll move on so we want to do a third part which was not even 11 minutes so anyways I left it on the uh, channel to watch. And then uh, a few months later, the um, he called on a Friday, DM again. 
messaged me and he said he wants to do a he has a big announcement. He wants to do he wants to come to my show and use my show again to make his announcement. I said, okay. So what time? I said, how about uh how about the weekend? I said, no, Friday, Friday, 4 30, call me. He said it has to be done now. I said, gotta please let it do today. I said, okay, 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 no problem. I mean, I'm casual. I said, okay, so I sacrificed my time and stuff and I uh, put him on at eight o'clock and he came on and and you saw the uh saw Well, the, we're gonna play it. Let's do that right now and then interview? My interview we're, with him? We're we're gonna play the we're gonna play the audio and then we'll let the listeners decide for themselves and then we'll come back on the other side. Hey, good evening. My name is Phil the Cruise, episode of Cruising the Phil special invitation to me <laughs> for Mr. Ashon Fernand, returning guest. He called me up and says he had a he has to make an announcement, but he's not gonna tell us today. He's gonna talk about it and get to it. So, Mr. Ashon, welcome back again. How are you doing? I'm good. It's a pleasure to be back, Philip. How how are you? How was things? Well, I was rushing. He gave me his last minute thing. You know, I was having a shower. I was rushing. I had to moose my hair. You know, you know. Yeah, that's you know, good. I, that's hey. So to all the viewers, to all the viewers, to all of Kusin with Phil, I want to let you know that it's going to be a major announcement coming next week. Uh, major announcement. Uh, it's uh, it's an Ontario announcement, huh. and it's all about the people. It's uh, focus on the people, and uh, we are going to make a difference together. And now, uh, and 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 the vid, and the vid, uh, our premier of Ontario, Doug Ford, will be making the call, uh, and shortly we'll be having everything wrapped up and ready to go for April. Uh, so the call will be coming from Premier of Ontario, Doug Ford. Uh, it's coming shortly. You said Doug Ford's making the call? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you're in talk with Doug Ford? Yeah, I'm uh, in talk with Doug Ford. And uh, the call will be coming out soon. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, something's happening in Ontario. Uh, we might have, a, all I can say is we might have an early election. Uh, so let's stay tuned. Early election? Uh, coming. So... Anything is possible. The people are ready. Let's go forward. Okay, so that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's all you want to say? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. You want to talk yeah. about anything else? <laughs> that's it. So, uh, how is everyone doing? How is everyone dealing with inflation? Oh, how is yeah. everyone dealing with the increase of food prices? Oh, okay. Hey, everyone... wait, wait a minute. If you're in talk with if you're in talk with Doug Ford, how about I send you a list of what we need for the city? You know what's going on. You know, yeah. you know what's going on. What people are crying, healthcare, you know, privatization, hospitals, teachers, yeah. and all that stuff. So, since you're talking to the big man up there or down there, or whatever, can you put in a word and you know for the people of Toronto, former council running the War 25. You know what's going on in the city. How we're starving. ODSP. I give you a whole list. I can go on ODSP, local families, mental yeah, health, yeah. I, I autism. Spoke with my good friend, I, I spoke with my good friend Isabella. And we both uh, agree on a, on a certain topics that ODSP has to be doubled and make it a livable wage for all the people with mental and physical disabilities. It has to happen. It will happen. And we will get it done. Our, 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 our focus is to get it done. We will get it done. And let's move forward. And that's what we are. We are, we are there for the little guy. We are there for the little people. We are there for the everyday people. And we will bring more relief to the people, and we will get it done. Well, so I'm going to leave it at that. 
sometime next week i will be making a tweet with my major announcement sometime next week and everyone will hear the news i'm not giving up we are going to fight we are going to get the, the results we are going to get relief we are going to fight doesn't matter what community i am there for we are all people we will be there i will fight for every single committee across this province and 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 advocate for our nation canada and we will do better we will i will stand up for the everyday people let's so we do have it. your we have your promise yeah okay i've got your video now i've got your recorded so you can't get out of it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm just saying if you're we're the, we're the little people, you just say you're little people. It happens. You see it. You go into politics. You get it further on in your career, and then sometimes they forget about us. So you're not gonna forget. You're not gonna forget about us, right? You're not gonna like get into the politics and you know and start. No, I am. A, I I am. My ultimate focus. My ultimate focus is for the people, everyday people, not the super rich, not the developers, not the all those people, not the CEOs. Not the presidents, nothing. I am for the everyday people. I am for the little people. We are there together. Let's get it done. Let's get some action. Enough with the lip service. Enough with the talking points. Let's get some action done. You're going to take your values from your campaign and what you stood for, which I bleed in and I like, and you're going to carry that on to your next uh, announcement or whatever? You're going to yes, carry that on? I'm going to carry every... Okay, since you, can't, since, you, in the next since you can't tell us what it is now... Can you tell us what got you, what steered you in that direction? Can you tell us about that? Say that again? Okay, since you can't tell us what the announcements, can you tell us what steered you, what put you in that direction to make, to get to that point, to make that announcement? What, what, well, what happened in good. My, my path, what made me to move forward to make that announcement this week, uh, this next week coming up is the same, the same reasoning why I ran for City of Toronto Councillor. It still stands. And my ultimate focus, and the reason I'm going to make this announcement, is my ultimate focus is to better the lives of everyday people, to better the lives of seniors, to better the life, to be, to better the life of seniors, everyday people, kids, education, make it all better for everyone in Ontario, work with our other political leaders, all other political parties, and make it right, make it our nationwide and make it straightforward and make it fair for everyone. So as you can see what's going on with the city the last few weeks since the election, uh, what has disappointed you the most from all these council meetings and the decisions made and people fighting for rights and fighting for bike paths, which is la just happened last week, you know? What's for you, What's what disappoints you the most about what you hope to get, hope was going to happen but didn't happen? Or what didn't surprise you? Uh, you know what? Right now, the city of Toronto is it's dysfunctional. Okay, it's let's point to that. Why is that? I mean, it, it's it's not working for the people. It's all about the mayor's gender. It's all about the deputy mayor's gender. It's not for the people. It's not the interests of the people. It's all politics and interests. We need to get the politics out of the honesty. So we really need to stand up for the people. We need to stand up for Torontonians. We need to stand up for Ontarians. We need to stand up for Canadians. And we need to work across party lines. We need to work across province to province to territory to territory and get things done. Enough with the lip service. Enough with the talking points. Let's actually get some action done. It's well, not that difficult. Let's work across party lines. 
whether you're conservative, whether you're liberal, whether you're NDP, whether you're Green Party, uh, what or the Purple Party or the Blue Party, whatever <laughs> party you are, let's work together. Let's get things done. Let's get it done. Well, you can see the people are fed up. I've, you've seen the tweets. I've been in contact with five wards now, seven wards. You know, people are just saying, you know. Okay. All I can say right now, guys, stay tuned for next week. There's going to be an exciting announcement. Stay, follow my tweets. Going to be an announcement sometime next week, end of the week. And we are going to make it heard loud and clear. And the announcement's coming. So okay. stay tuned. Oh, you're, you're in contact with Doug Ford? See, I want to do an interview with that guy. <laughs> yeah. Since you talked yeah. to him. <laughs> I was, I'm yeah. a big fan of his brothers for years. I think he knows that. You know? Yeah, I met his brother, Lumford. He's a great legacy. Yeah. Uh, he stopped the gravy chain at City Hall, but the gravy chain has started again. Do you remember? So, uh, do you remember when he? Uh, do you remember? Uh, I was saying Don Cherry when he made that comment when uh, Rob Ford got in office. <laughs> do you remember that? The uh, what Don Cherry said, "All you pinkos, remember that." <laughs> Do you remember? No. Don Cherry made an answer with something about referring to all you pinkos, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, and, yeah. and some of these councilmen, some of them start. Well, let's leave it at that, Philip. Let's leave it at that. So, next week, I'll make the okay. announcement. Stay tuned to my tweets, and then we'll go from there. So, are you going to come back on the show and talk about your after you made your decision or your announcement? Are you talk about it more? Yes, stay tuned. I will be rejoining Cousin with Philip with the disclosement of the announcement. <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay, so that's it. All right. Anyways, uh, anything else you wanted to talk about before you go? I think that's it. I think that's it. Okay, I'll do that, and I'll do, I'll tweet that message to you. And uh, I'm gonna say here, uh, one more thing. I was gonna ask you something. Uh, I got a couple of emails for you. I don't know why I get I get all these people's emails. I don't know why they want to ask. They have some questions to ask before I go. You want to answer them? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, a whole bunch of people want to know is, uh, are you going to fight more for your War 25? Just before you made an announcement, I'm just asking you. If you're going to fight more for... The people uh, who, are, are, who, are the, who are the people that answered in these questions? Different, um, uh, different, different areas. They're uh, different emails. I get a lot of emails from people for some reason. But anyway, they ask particularly about you, but they like what you did in the last election. They want to know if you're going to fight because they say you seem to be the only voice that fights for uh, War 25. That's a good. That's really nice to hear that, you know? Yes, so, I will continue to fight for Ward 25. I will make sure everything is heard at Ward 25. They just we need more sidewalks at Ward 25. We need more speed cameras at Ward 25. We need more services at Ward 25. We need to deduce crime in Ward 25. So there's a lot of things that we need to get done in Ward 25. I will fight for those issues. We will stop the wasted up money that can be spent on Ward 25, like like useless bus lanes and like useless bike lanes. We don't need it. Let's get it for Ward 25. Ward 25 deserves its fair share of money. So you need, we need more bike. We got no bike lanes in Scarborough area. Not much. You know? Yeah, we don't need bike lanes. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like Lawrence. I think Lawrence has a little bit, right? A little bit of a bike lane? Can't remember now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. before you, I got another question is, uh, Asking about uh, uh, more rec centers. Can you do something about that? Can you put your word in for that? We don't. Scarborough's a big area. We don't have enough rec centers. You know. Well, you know. Right? Yes, that's a great point. We can have more rec centers. 
the benefit of having more rec centers is when the weather is cold, when the weather is uh, having a freezing alert or cold alert, we can make that into warming centers. Yep. Uh, so people who are homeless has easy access to go wherever they are, whatever neighborhood they are, to the locust rec center and get warmed up. And okay. that's what we need. And we will advocate for it. And we will get it done for all of Toronto. And let's say there's a few uh, abandoned buildings, some are grocery stores in your area. They want to know what do you think about turning them into not only warming centers, but also uh, senior centers, daycare centers. What do you think of that? What uh, My focus on Ward 25 is to create an elderly community right here in Ward 25 Scarborough Rouge Park to make an elderly community for all the seniors right here in Ward 25 Scarborough Rouge Park. So seniors have an option to downsize from their homes into an elderly community and rent their houses for international students, for students, for anyone that would like to rent. And that creates more opportunities for affordable housing. That's a good idea. But, but uh, is there any, a lot of senior uh, centers right now in Scarborough? Yes. I was looking at a list. Is there, is there a lot or a few? A lot. A lot. There's a lot, yeah. Also, you talk about my uh, next question, but actually talk about students. Uh, the demand for housing for students, right? What do you think? What would you do with that if you had your choice for Ward 25? Because you know, the, the, uh, I think the, is, a, is a campus in your area, is your ward, or is that the another ward? Uh, Scarborough. Yeah. So, so we have the UFT Scarborough campus. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and what I would for, do for students for housing is we create, uh, looming housing that's legalized with regulations. So they can have affordable places to call home while okay. they're stopping. That's good. Okay, here's a, I got a funny question for you. I got a few people asking, uh, are you single and available? <laughs> uh, I can say I am very happily single. And available? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you didn't answer both questions. That's the one question there, eh? I'm just reading what I'm saying here. So you're single. Yeah. Okay. Are you, the question, the next question was, are you available? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have, I have one sentence to say uh -oh. for that. You're playing the sentence. Love, hap love, love happens when it happens. Uh, that good could be Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're definitely yeah. a politician now. You know how to put the bull on pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's my answer for that. No, no, I'm just saying, yeah, that's good. Uh, you know what you didn't mention in some of interviews. You didn't say much about your uh, your family background. I mean, you talk about yourself. I know you have a, you have your mom. I've, I've seen her tweets, right? Your mom, and you got your uh, nephews and your brother, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you born Are you born in Sri Lanka or in Canada? I was born in Sri Lanka, Colombo. Oh, Colombo's the city. Yeah. Oh, okay. And when did you come to Canada? I came to Canada twenty two years ago. Oh, really? Okay. So it was what? Don't do my math on me. I'm an artist. <laughs> was that 20? Uh, what, what, what year was that? <laughs> 2000. 2000. Okay, cool, cool. So your mom came, you came here with your mom and your brother or? And, yes. And your yes. whole family? But all, is all your family here now in Canada or are they still back in Sri Lanka? Let's get, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. I talked to another guest there. He's from Sri Lanka. Um, Kiri, you know Kiri? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's from Sri Lanka too. He's a good guy too. So uh, I got a okay. I got a question for you. You can don't have to answer the question, but I've been asked this many times. 
What's your views on me? Why it's not right. No one should end their life based on poverty. It should be cancelled out. Financial support should be provided so people don't have to choose made. That's my answer. Yeah, because last time we were talking about, uh, you know, our friend Isabella. But let's stay tuned for next week when we have another interview and I will set the announcement and then we'll talk much more. Okay, so we have a two-part interview or uh, one part? <laughs> one part. Okay, one part. All right. So what brought this on the uh, sudden call to do this just this bit here? Uh, I know you you did your tweets. I saw already that you had an announcement coming and then you didn't say like when. Whatever, so that's good. It's gonna it's gonna be a press conference with this announcement coming up with you and Mr. Ford. No, no, just uh, just me, just you. Okay, well, will he be with you or you by yourself or what? That is unknown at the moment. <laughs> okay, it's unknown. Okay, all right. So I'll uh, get your questions answered. You have anything? Yeah, hey, you want to ask me anything <laughs> before I go? Uh, what have you been up to lately? Well, uh, I work on a, on a, on the first bike video pod show for Toronto it's called Pedal Teal. I think I made an announcement that, if you saw that. And, uh, I'm also working on a website for the bikes for, uh, just like a web, you go on the website, you go to all happenings bike Toronto, uh, uh, the bike company, the bike groups, coalitions, uh, upcoming events, uh, bike free download maps. I'm still working on it right now, the king side of it. And, yeah, uh, so working on... we'll talk, we'll talk more about that on our next podcast. And we're back. And uh, you guys heard the footage. I disagree with you. I know we've talked at length. I I wonder what the listeners think. Um, I don't believe he knew that John Tory was resigning. I believe that he was talking about a a provincial announcement somehow affecting Ward 25 or maybe Scarborough, uh, 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 something in Scarborough. I don't believe, I don't believe he knew about John Tory resigning because who in their right mind would fucking tell this guy? And number two, I don't believe he's friends with Doug Ford, not for a second. Do I really believe that Doug Ford called him and said, Hey, John Tory's going to resign or that John Tory himself called Ash and Fernando and went, Hey, uh, just so you know, I'm going to resign. I don't, I disagree because as soon as I did the interview, I was kind of mad because then I realized he's using my show to self promote himself. So I mean, well, you heard the. He did the announcement. It wasn't going to announce until the end of the week, right? So then uh, the interview ended, and then the, as soon as the, it was over, John Tory came on the 24th, and he DM'd me. He said, John Tory resigned. I said, what? So I put on the TV, and I said, holy shit. And then he says, uh, that's the that's the announcement. He's re- That's what he wrote to me on his DM. That's the announcement. I don't I go, believe it. Well, anyways, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> So I wrote back, I said, wait a minute, you mean your announcement is about John Tory resigning? I said, how did you know that? I said, so I said, I was pissed. I said, use my show to promote yourself. And we all just John Tory. But I said, this is my value. You never kick a guy down no matter what. Even if he's done something like what John Tory did, you know. This is but John he Tory. never, but he, but, but, but Phil, he never even mentioned John Tory's name. He mentioned Doug Ford's name. He said the people of Ontario. Yeah, listen, hold on. So anyways, he DM'd me after. So I was mad. I said, this is what your show was all about. You were making an announcement. John Tory said, yes. I said, okay. So I said, you know what? Use my show twice. You know, that was bad, unforgivable. So all he wrote back was, it was a misunderstanding. And I said, buddy, I'm done with you. You know, I'm taking your, I'm taking your years off, you know. I don't care if you don't like John Tory, but when a guy's 
down on his luck no matter what. You never take advantage of anybody like that, especially a mayor, still a mayor, and you use his misfortune for your opportunity. You know what I mean? So anyways, that was that. You heard the interview. So I disagree with you, Matt, because I think he knew. Okay, regardless of me, disagree. The question is, why did he contact me at 4.30 tell me he had an announcement? How did he know that? The question is, he knew something, right? So whether it's provincial or municipal or whatever, the point is, he wanted to do this interview, at, and he at 4.30, DM me, and it was like 8 o'clock when he did the interview because I had some stuff to do. So, and you'll learn the later audio things happened, how he found so, out. And then now we'll move on to what's been happening. So when John Tory resigned, we obviously we started an election, yeah. and um, registration was April third. Uh, but on March twenty eighth, on his Twitter, which he just deleted, but he forgot Instagram. Hey, hey Matt, hold on, have... Matt, Matt, you're, you're skipping some stuff. Here. I'm sorry, I'm skipping. Yeah, you. You forgot about you. What about me? Well, he did a he did a show on Twitter and took advantage of your audience. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah but I don't know. I don't know how the timeline run. Okay, so there is that that small thing where uh, he had a Twitter space and he did tag my show. I don't know if that was for because he wanted me to attend it or because when you tag a, a, a Twitter space, anyone who's following that Twitter account. Um, I believe they they get a they get a they might get a notification. I'm not sure how that works. How'd you find out, anyways? Because he tagged the municipals, and it, and you get a you get a notification. I got a notification because he tagged the municipals. So how did you, so you feel about that? Why well, I I wasn't gonna go. No, but um, how did you feel somebody tagging your show without your permission? Well, I mean, I I don't like it, but. It's a free country. So um, the one thing I can tell you is that I, uh, for, for anyone who's attended a Twitter space, there's the thing where you click on it. And before you click start listening, you can see who's in there. And I stayed at that position because uh, it was only Ashen in there. <clears throat> and that was and it. yeah, so. Okay. That was but anyway, so whatever, it was a, it was a flop. Um, and then on March 28th, um, he tweeted out an endorsement for Blake Acton for mayor. Yeah. This was six days, six, is it six or seven days before registration was even going to happen? Blake you Acton. Well, you have a copy of that. We have the, in, we have the Instagram copy. Uh, yeah. So it, it did happen. That is a fact, whether you and want Twitter, to deny Twitter it or not. From Blake Acton as well. So, he endorsed Blake Acton did say I, I'm I'm gonna run. So I mean it was a it was a sure thing that he was gonna throw his name in the hat. So that's yeah. that's not what I'm but this time around, Ashen was not a a city council candidate. He was merely a spectator. Yeah. Um but all the work that I put into this time in history last year, uh covering the election, um and then spinning a new podcast called The Municipals, which you obviously know that because you guys are listening right now, um, based on Toronto municipal politics. Uh, we had made, Phil, uh, Philip Mills and I had made a name for ourselves uh, on Toronto municipal politics. And this guy is just a spectator. He's already endorsed one candidate. He's holding Twitter spaces, which by the the Twitter space actually happened afterwards, 
now that my memory is okay. I, I should I should have wrote notes down, but I, I decided I was gonna I was gonna shoot right from the hip. So I remember that now, yeah, because he held the Twitter space. This was after I think it was before registration. It might have been after registration. I'm not sure. But anyway, he held a, a Twitter space. No one showed up. But when I found out about the Twitter space, I called him. I even mm-hmm. ca- I even called you for his phone number. Yeah. Whatever. He, he, he puts it on his website anyway, so it's free information. So I, I called him and I said, hey, um, Ashen, I know you're... Uh, I, I know you're you're going to be holding this Twitter space. I just wanted to let you know, you know, uh, you've already endorsed Blake Acton, and and he's like, yeah, and I'm like, uh, he's he he's not a good person, which is not a surprise that I'm saying that. It's not something yeah. I've no. said worse. I've said worse on this show. Uh, so I called Ashen. I said, hey, you know. Blake's not a good guy. You've already endorsed him. What are you doing? Did you know he wants to bring back carding? And when I said that, he was like, well, yeah, I already knew that. And I've already uh, withdrawn my endorsement of him. And I said, well, I see the endorsement on your Twitter. I don't see any, um, what's the proper word? Any uh, withdrawal. withdrawal of your endorsement. And he said to me, I emailed my supporters yeah. and I said, okay, but you don't, obviously you don't have a lot of supporters because, other, because you'd be a city councilor right now. Yeah. You need to tell people because it's the right thing to do. It's not because what it's what I want to do. It's yeah, the right his, thing to do. You he, know, he you, know me, right? you, you know, I, I, I've told this story before. I said it on the live YouTube special that initially I even supported Blake Acton, but once I got hip to his bullshit, I took it away and I made it public. I publicly made it known that I wasn't supporting Blake Acton the way you should, because I made a mistake because I've developed some rules now, Phil, you know, much like we're having this election now and I have not endorsed anybody and i won't until it's time till all the interviews are done the debates we've already done um even though you and i are great great friends (laughs) um it doesn't i'm not letting that affect my judgment as to who i'm going to endorse but anyway that's 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 a different topic let's not go off topic so i i said to him i said you know you're endorsing Blake Acton and you're holding this Twitter space. That's it's kind of a conflict of interest. And that's when he told me that he had uh, he had pulled his endorsement. And I said, "Well, you know, whatever." So I, I, we hung up the phone. And uh, I'm trying to think what happened next. Oh, so fast forward a little bit, and I find out. Uh, so at the end of May of this year, 2023, I was holding my debates on may 27th and i think i found out maybe a week and a half before oh wait a minute wait wait matt he, he had an online debate before you remember sorry? he had he had an online de- uh sorry a twitter oh yeah he uh, held another twitter space with, with actual candidates that showed up yeah, i can't fine. remember i can't remember who showed up i think i think yeah. may, maybe um chris yeah. Chris Sky was there. Isabella was there, I know for sure, yeah. Um, Chris Sky was there. I think Chris Langenfeld was there. 
I think Bahira was there. I'm not yeah, sure who else. I really, yeah. do, I really don't. But again, yeah. but again, he had publicly endorsed Blake Acton without a public withdrawal. Yeah. Even if he's telling the truth that he he emailed his supporters, which I don't believe. But yeah. even if he did that, uh, uh, the public, the general public, anyone who doesn't live in Scarborough in his you, ward, you saw the. the uh, so you saw. I sent you the election digest record. Oh, I forgot to add that in. I was DMing. I was contacting election, election Digest, which we know who elect, Election Digest is, the government of the politics. Election Digest said, I asked if uh, if he had any copies, and he said, funny you asked, because he said Ashton Fernando was consciously contacting him, contacting him, the Election Digest, to withdraw some, delete some tweets, right? So he said no. Anyways, uh, I got a copy just as she sent you, and it says there, according to election diet. What this is what started the whole thing. Election digest back then. You got the copy. He Ashley Fernandez supported a supported a pro uh, pro life, and election digest put his picture there, and then he put my video. He said, "Mayor Cannon Philly Cruz does not support this." He pulled his endorsement off Ashley Fernando, and Ashley Fernando. You read the statement says, "I can't support him because he will divide his city with his." With his rules about abortion and all this, anyways. But then he endorsed John Tory, which I've seen you copy. And then he, uh, then I remember, wait a minute, John Tory is also pro pro choice, so that doesn't make any sense. Anyways, you saw the copy, and he but also, he did say, and he also he endorsed, he also endorsed Soad Hossein. Yeah, that came after, but he he did in the statement. Did you read Election Digest statement? He's told Election Digest he's withdrawn his he's withdrawn his endorsement for me. So he did officially withdraw his endorsement publicly. Mean, so that's official, right? Right. That's, that's but yeah. then he had but, Soad and John yeah, Tory. Yeah, no, first it was John Tory and then Soad Soad has that. I already but, talked But but did he but but okay, just did he publicly withdraw his endorsement of John Tory? I'm gonna I guess never, no. No, I never I didn't find any So he had two endorsements uh in the same election for mayor. No yeah. surprise there. Anyway, mayor, let's let's get back to this. Let's get back to this round. So so there was that Twitter space. And then about a week and a half before my debates on May 27th, I found out that he's hosting his own virtual debates on the same day later in the evening. Now, Because he emailed because, everybody, right? Because there's 102 candidates, as everyone yeah. knows. I had to break up debates. So I was going to be in debates all day with groups of 10, 10 uh, uh, no more than 10 candidates at a time. Yeah, but you, now, you not, advertise it. You, now, the, the, you advertised a long time ago. Like, yeah, I, because 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 as soon as I realized that I wasn't going to be able to get a, an, an in-person spot, yeah. I moved to virtual like yeah. that. You did last year. And uh, well, no, I did virtual right off the bat last year. But anyway, uh, so uh, yeah. so I was going to be in debates all day. Uh, yeah. Now, I had contacted everybody. Not everyone uh, uh, either responded, and some people confirmed it didn't show up. But that's yeah. neither here nor there. That doesn't matter in this story. Um, whoever, who, so I had two different groups of people that showed up. So I did those debates. Yeah. His debate was going to be at 7 p.m. that night. And then within the 24 hours before his debate, or was it 36 hours, he moved it to in person. Yeah, Um right. I had, uh, I called him and I said, no, no, I didn't call him. Sorry. Correction. I emailed him. I said, okay, so my email to him and I have a physical copy 
was, hi, Ashen. Uh, you have scheduled a virtual debate on the same day as me. I have already secured participation from a lot of the candidates. You should really move your debate to a different day because this is the second time you're confusing candidates between debates that I'm aware of. I have a recognized platform and listeners and candidates to trust me to be fair. Please consider moving your debate. Thanks. Now, what I'm talking about is when I was scheduling my debate, uh, a few people came up to me or no, they didn't come up to me. They either emailed me or they called me and they said, Hey, um, you're doing your debate with Ashton Fernando. And I, I was very clear. I said, no, I am not. I have nothing to do with his debate. If he's holding a debate, which is how I, which is how I found out that he was doing a debate. Um, I'm not sure what he was saying on his end, but my debate had nothing ever to do with him. I was partnering with Jennifer Alexander of the Etobicoke voice. Um, that was always the plan. That is what happened. And that was always what was going to happen. Um, so he responded to me and he said, Matt, I will not be moving my debate. It is set as scheduled. Your platform is not recognized. It is in your best interest to be careful of your accusations. Yours sincerely, Ashton Fernando. Accusations? Oh. So I wrote back. And this, this is why I, 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 I'll admit I got a little upset. And I said, Ashen, if my platform is not recognized, then why is it I've interviewed pretty much most of the quote-unquote frontrunners? Not to mention, when you were running, I interviewed you. Uh, and then I said, my suggestion for you to move your debate is for your benefit, not mine. Uh, in any case, I do wish you well. Thanks, Matthew. Meaning that, you know, I... I I'm all for participation. But again, he's holding this debate. He has already endorsed one candidate. Oh, and then, sorry, I realized the day of or the day after that three days before this debate, which we had on, we had our debates on the same day, he endorses Josh Matlow for mayor. Yeah. It is a conflict of interest for any political commentator, once they have endorsed a candidate, to interview other candidates and or be a quote-unquote moderator at a debate, because you're not going to be fair. Yeah, it's um, common sense, right? We, every debate I went to last year, every debate, even this year, you never get anybody endorsed before until after. We had a TCH debate last year, Toronto Community Housing. Mm -hmm. After the debate, they endorsed Chloe Brown, because she was there. Right, so they right. picked her. That's fine. That's because the debate. because let me ask you something, Phil. You you were there. You were there. You've been to a lot of debates. So let's take this Toronto community housing one you're talking about. Let's say you guys are up on the stage, and before the debate starts, the the, the is it the mo moderator, the host, yeah. gets yeah. up and goes, "We endorse Chloe Brown for mayor." Okay, let's get started with the debate. How many yeah. of you would have walked out? Oh, Elizabeth would have made a big stink. I would just say, "What? Why bother? Why are we, Why are why? we here?" Yeah, exactly. What's here? You know, it doesn't make any sense. If, you know? I'm telling you, if I was at that de Ashen's debate and I was able to let everyone know, "Hey, he's already de uh, endorsed Josh Matlow," I'm yeah. not sure his debate would have taken place. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, it's not fair to the other candidates because, as no, you can, as you can attest to, being a no, it's, it's common protocol in any, any politics, not just Canadian, everywhere. But, but also because you can you can attest to being a lower polled candidate yeah. because of the lack of media coverage. But regardless of the fact, you just don't endorse people before a debate, a public debate, you know, or interviews. This is yeah. why even after my debates are over, I still have interviews I'm doing. I'm waiting. For those interviews to be over, yeah. and then I'll endorse. Yeah. Because it's even though my some of my interviews are pre-recorded, um, it's it's not it's not ethical. And I, I firmly believe that. And this guy doesn't <laughs> seem to understand that. Um and then you're being biased, right? You're being you're really biased. You made a choice who you want. Then he say, "Okay, come on along, Kenneth. I picked this guy already, but come on along and talk. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're saying I already picked this guy. But then again, there's a question, Matt. Who the heck are you, anyways? Not you. I'm talking about Ash Fernando. <laughs> yeah. Who is he? So, like people, so Kenneth's I... to me. Going, sorry, they're writing to me asking me because a lot of people don't forget or don't know that a lot of us. I'm one of the few candidates that talked to a lot of candidates. <laughs> right? You know that, right? Yeah. Like last year, I met about forty people, all good people." And I still talked to quite a few of them, and even some of the, a lot of the Americans from last year. And they we asked they asked us, "Who is this guy? Was he? What? Where did he come from? Hey, he's read Tony Gray, War Twenty Five. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're known because you're established. You've been there with uh, uh, this time in history. That's where you got all the people there, and you're, you did all the online debates. You did the uh, ward debates. You did the mayor debates. You know, you did other debates outside the city. So you're known, right? So many people say you're not established. That's a bunch of bull. But I'm just saying. You have more right to uh, to establish, well, not establish, but just to, just to certify. I know you're meant that email, you know, trying to help the guy because you know. So, so then I, I I became upset because he's making. Listen, as I I've, I'm very honest with my listeners, Philip Mills and I we don't we don't make any money off this podcast. That's not a secret. No. We don't make yeah. any money. Uh, we don't have advertisers, at least not yet. Uh, we haven't been picked up by a major podcasting network, not yet. Uh, we're getting there. Um, we've got listeners. We've got worldwide audience. Obviously not the same worldwide audience as someone like maybe Joe Rogan. No, no. But we're getting there, and that's the point. Yeah. Um, and I forget where I was going with this. So... So even though I say this is literally my job to commentate on politics, just because I'm not getting paid for it doesn't mean it's not my job. It's literally our job to provide commentary for things that happen in Toronto municipal politics. And when someone like Ashton Fernando and the way he chooses to represent himself and and misconstrue the truth and be dis- disingenuous comes along he makes my job harder because if he's gonna act the way he acts i don't know that people expect me to be um honest what, what they might question what if they're not being honest this guy's clearly not being honest what if they're not being honest so yeah. it makes my job harder. And so I resent that on principle. Um, so I wrote an email to almost all the candidates. And I'm going to read it. 
And I have some attachments with some comments that I'm... Don't forget my warning. Don't forget my warning. Well, yeah, I'll read that too. Um, So I said, hello to all candidates. I'm emailing you this warning to advise you to avoid any events hosted by Ashton Fernando. He has already twice endorsed a candidate within this election. He has held a debate uh, after endorsing Josh Matlow three days earlier. Most of you... uh, have probably already made up your mind about this guy, but I just wanted to let you know what was going on. Please find attached his endorsement of Josh Matlow, as well as tweets that he and I fired at each other. But if you look now, you will see that his tweets are deleted while mine are still there. Uh, (laughs) He is very protective of Blake Acton, his other endorsement. And so I attached the uh, endorsement of Josh Matlow and I have tweets, but the problem is, is that when I attach them to this email, I kind of think I posted them out of order. Yeah. So, okay. So I, if I read them, they're gonna, yeah, yeah, that's all they're right. gonna, they're gonna be read out of order. Um. So, let me see here. So I, I, I said I tweet, I tweeted, I thought you endorsed Josh Matlow. Uh, what does my opinion on another candidate? Bo- why does my uh, opinion on another candidate bother you so much? And Ashen writes, "I will not tolerate any of your bashing." Period on anyone. So then I responded, "Well, you must be pretty busy with all the groups that dislike Bilo, Bradford, and Saunders." I finally get it. You are against free speech. The simple fact that it is my opinion that Blake Acton is not fit to be mayor, and I'm not alone on this either. Um, and then, like I said, uh, these are not in order. So uh, Ashen writes, bullshit. You called me and talked shit about Blake Acton. Uh, this speaks volume to your morals and your character. You are in it for yourself only. And then, <laughs> Philip, you joined in and you wrote, uh, yes. So if you had endorsed a candidate, why I would why I would be interested in participating in your debate when you already announced a name uh you ba- a name you back up. And then Ashen writes, all lip service and talking points from you. You spoke down on Blake Acton and speaking against other multiple mayoral candidates in this running. This speaks volume to your character. Now this he's talking about my political commentating. Well, we're on an election and I'm going to have comments on, hold on. I'm going to have comments on other people and, and what they promise us as citizens and, and how they conduct their business. I do not have to be impartial, but I do strive to be fair. Go ahead. You, you wanted to say something? Oh yeah. Just to add that, that word, that letter, that email you sent to all the candidates on, the one I said before that, just before yours, right, was my warning to all the candidates. What happened was that you had that debate. You had your debate. He had his in person, right? And by the way, you forgot to add that it was a last-minute thing. He did decide to have it in person because a lot of candidates contacted me. See, Wayne doesn't realize that I know most of the candidates from last year that I talked to. Them. They trust me because I know I'll be honest with them and I'll tell them what I feel. And I said, listen, here's the warning to all candidates and other people involved. This is the warning. This is what I went through this guy. Everything you just talked about earlier in your pod here. I said, do me a favor. If you're going to get involved, be careful. So anyways, because he was going to do a photo op. You want everybody to come down 
do a photo up and fight for democracy and all this crap. Which Gotta is why I, which is why I sent the email in the first place. Yeah, after mine. Yeah, and you, you also we both talked about. It. You got to remember, you got to check, you got to check schedules of things going on. That same day, Ontario Place for all was having an event down there at Ontario Place for being twelve o'clock, I think, till four. So was it? You know, most of the cats are going to go to that, not some photo ops downtown, just some nobody that never even heard of. Because they all, after I sent that warning, they all emailed, a lot of emails. They said, Thanks for the warning, and we didn't know that. Uh, you know, no interest whatsoever. <laughs> then the other ones interviewed said that, oh, if I know me, I wouldn't have gone to the debate on Saturday. And there you go. That's why I did. The, that's why I did the email. I said I don't want any, I don't want anybody to go through what I went through this guy last year during the election. I was new in the election, new on Twitter. You know, not naive, but you know, just taking people. As their as word or whatever. And then I found the hard way. And then you did find it the hard way. Everything I told you. So I did my warning. You did this right after. And you're smart. So you copied everything. I didn't do that to a lot of things. I things got uh, Well, I didn't that. realize that who I... Originally, I didn't realize who I was dealing with and that I needed to copy everything. But now I will do that going forward. Because as I, I said, I can, I can sit here today in June... What are we? 11th. 2023 yeah. and tell you there will never be a collaboration ever between myself and, I, and Ashton Fernando. After I got after the uh the the interview the interview that had the audio one there the one with the uh, announcement, didn't I tell you I warned you I said don't get involved because he was starting to get in contact with you. I said, Don't get involved with this guy, man, it's gonna get you in trouble. Don't get involved with this so guy. So now so now I then I got a phone call from Ashton Fernando. This is the part that we don't have. Um, but I, we, we, we cover it in the, in the recording. So no, this is the, uh, this is the first phone call you got before that was before the Monday. Remember? Yeah. He said that I'm, uh, it's a D word. I can't remember. I'm, 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 uh, I'm defame. Oh, that's it. I was defaming him. Yes. Yes. He says, you're defaming me. You're defaming me. And I said to him, I, I, I said, Ashton. Who are you? <laughs> uh, he identified himself. He said, "This is Ashton <laughs> Fernando," and and I said to, I, I, he said, "You're defaming me, Matthew King. You're defaming me." And I said, "Do you know what defaming means?" And he's like, "Of course I know what defaming means." And I said, "Okay, defaming means that I either had to have said or wrote something that wasn't true. What did I say or write that was not true?" And he. He couldn't answer me right away, and then he said, well, "I've got a copy of an email that you've been sending around candidates that says <laughs> that that I endorsed two candidates. I only endorsed Josh Matlow, and uh, you know, I had some fun with him because he was. I, ca I can't take this guy seriously. And by the way, nobody should ever take Ashton Fernando seriously. Um, <laughs> he said that I was defying the city and turning people against each other, and I. He said to me last year. I, I made, too. I, made wow. a, I made a comment about those. I don't have those powers. Those sound like superpowers. And if you're going to give me superpowers, what's my superhero name? <laughs> he ended up hanging up on me. And then I was talking was, to Phil here. No, that was, and, next, that was next day, Monday. That was Monday now. Yeah. So I was talking to Phil here. And then, uh, well, we're just going to play the, the. Let's set it up for it. First of all, I was, you talked to me on this last past Monday. Just a Monday we had passed. Look at the date here. Today's yeah. the 11th. Today's 11th. So last Monday the 5th. Monday the 5th. Yeah. You called me in the morning, right? And you left a message with him because I have a recording of that. I asked for your permission. Anyway, so anyways, 
Well, as we're talking on the phone and you're at work, whatever, he called and you said, hey, Ashton Fernando's calling. I said, oh, cool. I said, Matthew, do you mind if I report it? It's a three-person party. He said, yeah, you gave me permission. So I recorded the whole conversation with Matthew. So Ashton, because Ashton, let, but also remember, we've, al- we've already looked this up. We've double-checked it. In, yeah. in, in Canada, in a three-way conversation, if one is recording, as long as one of the other two consents, which I consented, yeah. Yeah. boom, it doesn't matter about the third person. So That's what right. you're going to hear right now is a three-way conversation, a three-way phone call between myself, Philip uh, DeCruz, and Ashton Fernando. And we're going to play the real Ashton, The real Ashton Fernando. We're going to play that for you right now. Uh, you said I endorsed two other candidates. That is false, categorically false. I just sent you the pictures, my friend. You... No, no, I only, I only endorsed previously Blake, which I have here, Aztec, and then I endorsed Trump. That is it. Those are the facts. Yeah, so that's said, two. Can you count? One, two. No, no, you said two other candidates from Josh Matlow. No, 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 I said two candidates, meaning two, Josh Matlow and Blake Acton. No, no, you said two other candidates, not including Josh Matlow. Listen to me, if you're going to, if you're going to accuse me of defaming you, first of all, get the definition right, because I'm saying things that is not true. You are dividing the city. I'm dividing the city. What's my other superpower? Okay, you are dividing the city and you're turning each other against one another. Right, right. Yes, I'm turning everyone against each other and I'm dividing the city. Those are my superpowers. What do you think my superpower, my superhero name should be? Yes, that is that is not leadership, okay? That is not leadership. I'm not part of the leadership. I am a political commentator. It is my job to... It is my job... Hello, hello, I'm speaking. It is my job to commentate on things that happen in politics. That is my job. Everybody in politics is biased. You are, you are everybody is. John Moore is. Jerry Agar is. Sid Sixero is. Everybody is biased. I don't have to be uh, completely fair. Okay. So uh, if you have, if you really have the backbone, you would go on Twitter and say you don't want to take action as me. That you would say. I right. have- Listen, okay. listen, listen, listen. If you're going to listen to my show, you should really listen clearly. Because I've already said that on my show. I don't, I don't, I don't listen to... Well, no, well you didn't say that on Twitter. I, you I ran away. I, I you deleted your comments I don't, I because don't you knew I got you. I don't listen to no shows that, that's not suitable, okay? <laughs> no shows are not suitable, okay? That's the fact. My point is, I've said it on my show, and you know that because you've listened. No, I don't listen to your show. I don't listen to your whatever. show. Whatever. It's, it's whatever. Okay, I don't listen to your shows, and you're, you're full of crap, and you like to make up stories. You like to make up stories. That's what you do. I've already been clear about my feelings with Blake Acton. I spent several episodes about well, that. guess what? Blake Acton is going to be the next man, whether you like it or not. Okay. I'm, I'll let Josh Matlow know that tonight because he's on my show because you, you, you endorsed him. So I'll let him know that you said that. This, no, I never said that. I never said that. You just said it. No, no. And you are, you are turning people against one another. That's what you're doing. Is that what I'm doing? 
Yeah, you are 30 people against one another, okay? Stop, stop using this election for your personal gain, okay? I have nothing to gain yes, in this election. Gain. You are trying to gain for your gain. That's what you're trying to gain. That's I have nothing to gain. Yes. I, I, I host a podcast, that's it. Yeah, and your podcast will be shut down, Melissa, to mark that word, okay? Okay, your podcast will be shut down, Melissa. Okay. And, and why is that? I'm curious. Because it's a bias, and it's it, 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 it increasing, uh, it's hated, motivated uh, show, and, and it's dividing the city against one another. That's get back to me, get back to me when you can shut down shows like Joe Rogan, one of the most hated people for his stuff. Then, or Matt Walsh. You are the most hated person in the city. Okay? I'm the most hated person in the city. Wow. What do you think about that, Phil? Well, I don't know. That's crazy. Hi, Ashton. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I know you guys are good friends. I know you guys are ganging up on me. That's no, Ashton, Ashton, I'm not ganging up on you. I like you a lot. I like your uh, platform. I've always liked your platform. Until last year when you made a remark about Jennifer McKelvey and having our hearts, and you even apologized for that. So I'm just going, what's going on with, why are you attacking Matt King for? He's a good guy. He's not attacking anybody. He's biased. Not even biased. He's got a platform, right? You know? You gotta stop doing this, Ashton Fernando. If you want to go in politics, I believe in your campaign. I always tell you that I think you got a good campaign. You fight for the mentally and you fight for the disabilities, and with that kind of attitude, put it toward the positive. You help people rather than all this trivial, trivial stuff with Blake Acton and all this, you know, thing that you, you didn't can't enjoy. let go of Blake Acton. That's the problem. What's that? You can't let go of Blake Acton. Never mind about Nothing. Blake. You guys. You guys are using your personal vendetta. No, Ashton, Ashton. There's no personal vendetta. Seriously. I have nothing personal <laughs> against Blake Acton. He oh, believes man. in things that I don't support. I don't think he should be the mayor. I've said that publicly. I've said it on Twitter. I've said it on my show. And we're back. And you guys have heard the recording for yourself. So you can judge for yourself. Um, I, I do want to apologize because, you know, when I get... Um, irritated or frustrated sometimes i can get loud and animated that's just the way i talk um i'm sorry if that was off-putting in any way anyway so you guys heard it all you heard him say that blake acton was going to be the next mayor and then as soon as i said i was going to tell josh matlow which by the way i didn't do um he said i didn't say that um he it's very sad i guess to see that he lives the way he does through revisionist history uh go ahead phil so let me tell the audience what happened after after he hung up on us remember i said earlier last year i went through this guy he had contacted blake Acton because blake had told me that uh after the scuttle with this guy, he contacted Blake Dad and said all the stuff that I thought about Blake Dad and called him a snob. I have the I have the Twitters and it's prove prove him wrong. Anyways, right after this, after he hung up on us, remember he said that he talked to Blake Dad and he said that he talked to him about carding. Blake Dad, he said Blake Dad doesn't do carding, so he he endorsed him. So I called up Blake Acton right after the uh, we finished Matt, and he says I got a funny call, phone call from Ash Fernando just now. Really? I said, what about? He says, you, me. He says, yeah. He says, uh, he says, Phil DeCruz is bashing Blake Acton because he's a gay cop. 
So Blake Acko, is this true? Bill go, no, Gabe. I said, no, Gabe. No, Blake. How can I bash him? I'm gay myself. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know? So he, I told Blake what was going on. I told him the whole shit with my mom everything. He just wasn't impressed. And I said, you know what? This guy is just reaching to cause trouble. He brings everybody into this journal drama, as he calls it, and everybody involved. I said, think about it. A guy hangs up on us, calls you right away to tell you that I'm saying all this crap about you, which is all bullshit. But anyways, so Blake had a good talk with him. And I said, just steer away from this guy. He uses people like you wouldn't believe. And I told him about the phone call and all that. So anyway, that was it. So that's what happened after. Did you tell him that uh, he endorsed Josh Matlow? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I asked him the question. I said, I call you for a question for a reason. Yeah, I said, Ashley Fernandez said that he contacted you and he endorsed you because you said you're not supporting carding. Like I know you do. And I said, is this true? And Blake Ackman says, this conversation never existed. I never had to talk with him about this. I support carding. You know that. I said, I know that. So anyways, another lie. So to our listeners, to my listeners, I will say you guys can make up your own mind about this guy, but uh, I would advise, I would just advise to steer clear. I've been burned. Phil's been burned. Probably other people have been burned, like Jacinta. Jacinta Blake, Jacinta Blake Acton, Jennifer McKelvey, he still hasn't apologized for his act. You know, let's talk about this. Let's take it more serious about this whole action with this guy. You know, you heard the video, you heard the audio, and then he says at the end, I put the tweet in, yes. I put the, what did I get a benefit of putting a tweet like that about Jennifer McKelvey? You know, this is called, as you know, man, we talked about this. This is called sexual harassment. I made a videos last week, last year, last year about this. Did you an apology to all these people's reactions? You're running for ward counselor. You're representing ward 25. You're representing men and women of different ranks, sexualities, different ethnic backgrounds. And you talk of this and you put a tweet about a mayor candidate on your post for five months, trashing me and let people know that. What does that make you look like a character? What does it make you look like a person? How do people look at you? You know? So first of all, he not only trashed the LGBT, he used the LGBT community to bowmouth me and lie to Blake Acton that I was accusing of being a gay cop, which is bullshit, right? So he used the LGBT community. He used women's rights by making a bloody lie about Jennifer McKelvey about some sort of innuendo that didn't exist whatsoever. So he used women. That's called sexual. That's called sexual harassment, right? He used mental health, right? Mental health people with mental health disabilities, because he represents these people in an organization called Surrey Place. Apparently, he's on the board, I think, and there's also lines some other organizations. So, he to was, Surrey Place, I'll say that is this the kind of guy you want on your board of directors, or even representing you uh, publicly for any reason? I, I would uh, say no. But. Just oh, just thanks for that. Just to let you know when this when you're going to air this on Wednesday, I will be sending letters by then. By the time you air this, to Surrey Place Lions Club and Mental Disabilities Clubs as well organization. I'm going to say if this guy is representing you, and I as a mayor can I have backers that back me, looking for all those new people to donate to organizations. Is this what they're going to see of a guy that has no respect for women whatsoever, with women on the board? on committees, whatever, and this is the hypocrisy this guy lives by. He's going to do this and live by this. Do you want to donate to these organizations? Think about it. And within the last two days of this recording, he's come out against another female candidate, Miss Anna Bailao, posting ad nauseum about her DUI, which is, I don't know, 
10 years old at this oh, point. It's like 20 years ago, Mike. No, 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 no. This happened, this happened during, I think, during the Rob Ford years. Yeah, so that's what. So, that so was ten, 10 years ago. Yeah, but regardless of that, that's in the past, right? Come on. That's something way, you know, we all do, we all do mistakes, right? Right? True. But, but it's funny because it's not funny. Drunk driving is not funny. That's not what I'm saying. It's ironic that he would choose to blast Anna Bailao for woman? her D, who who is obviously a woman for yeah. her DUI. When and this is no shade towards Josh Matlow because I, I'm a big fan of Josh Matlow, but he himself also has a DUI. But it just so happens that he's endorsed Josh Matlow. Uh, I mean, you know, besides Blake Acton, but uh, he endorsed Josh Matlow, who also has a DUI, but only wants to criticize Anna Bailao and her DUI. Do you see what exactly. I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. You know, that's just called uh, just. I don't know how this guy is raised or whatever, but he's supposed to be a family man. You know, you see one thing, you see it all. Well, if you look at his tweets, Matt, you see some of his tweets the way he talks. Like some people, I got a, I got a friend that's a psychologist. I thought I'm looking at my. He's from University of Toronto. He works there. He looked at this. I said, take a look at the guy's credentials. What do you think of this guy? <laughs> he already told me, imbalanced man, unbalanced man. You know, that's the first thing he said. You know, he speaks rhetoric and does something or another. He represents his, represents with all these words. Oh, even all, the message I sent you. Uh, he's you saw it. He congratulated Jennifer McKelvey for winning. And did you see what he put right on as a congratulations? You see what he put? You read it? He says, remind me. Uh, he just said that you know. I can't write the words. I can't remember. I don't have it in front of me. We said congratulations and something about you better meet the standards in so many words. It's on there. I'll give it to you. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Meaning like, I, I you saw mean it. like, yeah, you mean like, it's like, hey, congratulations. But uh, by, the, by the way, you better meet the standards in so many words. Like, really? Because she's a woman. He's got problems with women. He has no respect for seniors. And also, another seniors group he's insulted as well. My mother. You know, my mother, you, you see my mother, you met my mother on the video and all that. You've seen her. Mm-hmm. She's the sweetest, she's like the nicest lady around. People know that I talked to her. She's a, she gave her the dime off her back, you know, and she made this pleading video. And I have a copy of it. And people asked about this, you know, I got to tell you, I got a big, I got a big, very big Irish family right now. <laughs> There's an old saying in Ireland, don't piss off an Irishman, right? Because the, the family, you answer the family. And right now, my family, my, my my mother's side, my father's side, also in-laws as well. They're all pissed at this guy, you know, the way they treated, the way he treated my mother for no reason at all, you know. And my mother's a good judge of character. And then when she pleaded, when, and he still continued with the block, can't say it's him, it was block calls, right? But during the election, I never had any other calls but that. But I'm just saying, no respect for women whatsoever. The obvious is right there. Jacinta was harassed. She told me so many times about this guy. You know? Jennifer McKelvey, Jacinta, my mother, now Anna Bilo, right? All women. You know? What does it tell you about a guy? You know? Second well, of all, let's, let's go to the core of it. Using it, and it's, this is what pissing me off still to this day. I don't care if you're going to trash me. I've been in the military 20 years. I've been done all kinds of things. I've been hit by so many people and knocked over and uh, but you know what? And it comes down to my respect of a woman. Because when you're dishing a woman, you're disrespecting your own mother, right? Because your right. mother raised if your mother raised you to be a respectful man to women, anybody, you act accordingly. So him acting accordingly by making this bloody tweet, misrepresentation, didn't check my background, that I'm from the LGBT community, and put this 
because in desperation, all the things was proven wrong against the guy. I put everything wrong with all the messages he retweeted. I redid all my messages, put on the air. People saw that. And then this whole stupid thing about three hearts for Jennifer McKelvey. What the hell does it tell you about the guy? This is the guy has my mess, my article about me dishing me on his bloody tweet for five months, plus attacking her with this bloody... He erased it. See, I was not smart like you. I should have a copy of it, but I got a copy coming. I'm just saying, what does that tell you about a guy who takes a respected woman, council member of War 25, I don't care, and you've seen some of the tweets, he's, really, he's still disses her from last year and this year, nothing done in the community. So I'm going to say, if you're going to vote the next election, if he's running again, let's ask a comparison. Look at all Jennifer McKelvey's works. She's a deputy mayor. She stepped up when the mayor was vacant. Mayor, she did her council job, and she also did her job as deputy mayor. And I've got to tell you, she, didn't, she is still doing an amazing job. You know? That's the way she is. Absolutely. And, she's roast. and when I did my canvassing, I always asked everybody in my every ward, and I asked, who do you look up to? Who answers your spot? And that ward 25 majority was Jennifer McKelvey. So I ask you again, what do you have to say you're better than Jennifer McKelvey? You got nothing. Because right now, Ashton and Fernando, I'm going to square, and you're, I don't square in front of you, but right now, you're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking asshole for treating a woman like that. Even taking an innocent woman's name, any woman's name, and putting on a tweet in public to me, like me, anyone and I had a sexual thing against a woman, which I'm not attracted to any woman whatsoever. And then also, can you imagine if her, their family reading this? You know, the, she got two kids, she's got a husband, and you see he says, I'm best friends with her husband. I never met her husband. I don't know where he got that from. We can ask her husband if I met him, if I know him. I like to know. I'm just saying, can you imagine you're driving home, Matthew, and you hear on the radio or voicemail on talking tweets says, yes, Matthew King has sexual attraction for some candidate. Well, how would you feel? You're the husband of his wife being trashed by some doofus, you know? I would, be, be I would be very upset. Yeah, can you imagine that? Humiliating a well but I think, But I think, uh, I think we've made our point. Yeah. And so to close this out, I will say that... Uh, these are the facts. These are verified, verifiable uh, facts that we have said here tonight. Nothing that we have said is untrue. Um, I was very clear with, with uh, Phil here that I didn't want to say anything that was not true. This is all based in fact. And uh, for the for the most part, it's irrefutable facts. And he's he's a vindictive guy. So, if anybody sees what's going to happen after this airing, his reaction, expect their vindictive. If he lets it alone, that's good. But he's vindictive. Look what he did to me. So, for those of you asking, what what should happen? What should I do? I I would say to all the candidates, um, don't engage. Um, For the public, don't engage. But you don't have to listen to me. I encourage each and every person to listen to this like you're listening right now and make up your own mind. I got nothing to hide and I'm more than willing to share everything, proof of everything that we've said on this clip right here. Well, obviously not right here, but in in anyone that emails me, I will share everything. I've got nothing to hide. I got got all the copies too. You want any copies, I'll mail it to you. Like I said, I no, but no, not even no, not even no candidate, not even a podcast host should go through any of this crap. There's no reason. First of all, let me talk about you. What he said about you from the message: uh, you're, you're the most hated man in the city. 
Where's the uh, where's the stats? I want to know that. Uh, you're going to be shut down. So he's defamed your character. He's threatened to shut down your pod. This is the way he is. He's a vindictive little guy. I don't mean little by height. I mean little in mind. That's the way he is. He just we did. You're dividing the city. He dished you so many times on the audio you already heard. I'm just saying, that's just the kind of guy. All because you said you warned him not to put the same show on your, as it is. As as well, time. no, it was also because of my anti-Blake Acton stance. Oh, yeah, Blake Acton. Yeah, the one he keeps, yeah, keeps defending. And the, one he, the one he uses to get a point across by making a phone call again. You know, this is actually funny. It's about a year ago this all happened, back in June, when I just started the election. You know? I did a lot of people back then, but now through the, through the year... I know a lot more people, right? And people who know me. What am I known for, Matt? Honesty, and I'll tell like it is. I'm not going to bullshit, right? right? So with that, you know, I want to thank you for coming on and, and doing this clip with me. Um, yeah, pleasure's mine. My co-host, Phil, missed a good one, but I'm sure he'll he'll hear this on the back end. So, again, thank you, and uh, you're welcome on the show anytime. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thanks for getting it all cleared out there, getting all the open, get a story out. And that was that. I mean, I think I said it all during the clip. Uh, you guys can make up your own mind about it. I personally, and I, and I said this in the clip, and I'll say it live right now. Well, not live, whatever. But uh, there will never, ever, ever be a collaboration between myself and Ashton Fernando. Period. No. Uh, period. Exclamation mark. Whatever the fuck. It will never happen. Anyway, so I've got some great news to uh, give to you, Phil. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Are you ready uh, for this? Listen, I don't, I don't know how ready I can possibly be, so I'm going to temper my expectations, and I'm going to be ready for this. How far away do you live from Thompson Memorial Park? I'm at, Okay, while we're talking, I'm going to look it up, because <clears throat> I think that's where... I did my bike ride when I was uh, running. Um, <clears throat> it is okay. So I'm not I'm not very close, but the, it was about a forty minute bike ride. For the listeners, it's one thousand and five one zero zero five Brimley Road, and you might want to go to this park on June twenty third, twenty twenty three, for Ford Fest. Doug Ford uh, and the Conservatives are shit. coming to Scarborough for Ford Fest, June twenty third, twenty twenty three. He's going to be in your backyard, Phil. What the hell? He's doing this on purpose. Actually, and yeah. it's free. By the way, it's free. There's no admission fee. This is fucking free. Bring your family. Wait. Bring your kids. Bring your insults. <laughs> Do you know, okay, hey, so do it's you gonna think... be on a Friday. Oh, I gotta. Ooh, June twenty third. Oh, that's this Friday. Yeah. Oh fuck! Next, no. Oh, next Friday. Next Friday. I fucking still though. I thought it was. <sighs> Hold on, I got um. Oh fuck! You just took the air out of my balloon. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Wait, I also I want to see the time on this, Doug Ford. Ford it's Fest. 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Four oh, hours. Oh, shit. I could I'll actually be there. that. I'll be there. Oh, shit. So, I wonder if... Oh, my God. You wonder if what? Say it. You wonder if Gary Crawford's going to be there. Hey, listen. <laughs> I've met Gary Crawford. 
I can take them or leave them. You think yes, but- Scarborough Guildwood want listen, Scarborough Guildwood wants a rep who's not gonna respond to emails, go re- well again, I should I should refer to him in better light. I want him to get elected so that he leaves and, and I can take over, you know? It's, yeah, but he but, doesn't uh, <laughs> but he doesn't know you like Brad Bradford knows you. He really does not. He like I'm sure if I showed up, Gary would probably be like, Oh, who's that guy? Like, I don't think he acknowledged me during the race. Like, you know, there was no danger of me taking over Gary Crawford. But listen, Matthew, I think it would be fun if there's a possibility. And again, as as you and I both know, neither of us support him personally. But it'd be so funny to talk to Doug Ford. It's going to be great. And it says on the poster, invite your family and friends, free hamburgers, veggie burgers, and hot dogs, free rides, and music. I don't know. I could be down for this. I am totally down for that. I'll be there. I will be there. <laughs> I will find a side street to park on and and because I have my sticker and we are going. I'll bring the kids I'll throw them in the truck and we'll we'll get on down there and we will talk to Doug Ford and anyone else we see there. I wonder how many Merrill You know, wouldn't it be funny if up. You know it'd be funny if we could get Doug Ford onto our podcast? That would be hilarious. Would you be able to be nice? I think I listen. <laughs> mm, that's a good question. I think I can be nice to Doug Ford. <laughs> that sounded like the closest thing to a lie that I've ever said. I'm just like, <laughs> I think I can be nice to Doug Ford for five minutes. <laughs> Listen, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to see him. Maybe as soon as I see him in person, maybe that second, he does a redux of the bee swallowing, and I'm like, ah, oh, fucking Doug Ford's charmed me again. That son of a bitch, stop swallowing I, bees. I love it so much. I got an idea. What if when you see him? Your belly's full so that you're not hangry and maybe you're distracted a little bit. <laughs> All right. You know what? That That's a possibility. You know, maybe I get a couple free burgers out of there and then I'm like, Mr. Ford, you know, I hate all your policies, but free burgers. You know, what can bring I say? It, bring it in. Let's have a hug. Group hug. <laughs> yeah, bring Group it, hug. Bring it home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so that's where Phil and I are going to be uh, on June 23rd. We'll be talking about the municipals. We'll see how many MPPs we can rope up to come on the show. God, that'd be neat. Really, who who would really be there? Maybe Stan Cho. Um, Michael Ford. Oh, Michael Ford would probably be there. I mean, if... All right, you know, we can have some... We could take him seriously. Probably for exclusively a few conservative MPPs. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, well see. We'll we'll see what what comes up if, we'll we, if we get a chance. We'll see what's up. We'll see. Yeah. Okay, so moving along, you know, I wanted to talk to you. I don't know if you saw this tweet by Mar Khan. Um, it says that Anna Bailao and her team violated campaigning rules, according to the City of Toronto. Um, they were wearing vote bylaw shirts and they also put campaign signs down uh, when she was speaking to the media at the Trinity Community Recreation Center where where advanced voting was taking place. Um, 
Toronto Elections has since reached out to the candidate directly to further clarify the rules set out in the legislation, which you think she'd know because she's a former city councillor. And uh, I don't know if you saw that. Do you have you seen the tweet I'm talking about? I I don't know if I've seen the specific tweet, but I know the instance you're talking about. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's just it's sloppy. It's especially I feel like that's this that's close, a big thing. This close to the finish line. Yeah, it's you know these candidates, these counselors, um, basically any of the candidates who have dealt with, you know, city, basically city running. So our, our counselors, our um, former counselors. Um, so, like, I, I wouldn't hold the same to Anthony Fury. Like, he wasn't an elected representative. I wouldn't hold the same to, uh, for example, Chloe Brown. Not, you know, not that anyone was complaining that she's broken any, you know, bylaws or anything. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't expect, for example, Gru to like have those things down pat. But when you're a counselor, current or former, and you're just sort of like playing fast and loose with the rules, it's like, you know better. And that's, it's not disqualifying, but it's embarrassing. And it should be more embarrassing. You're you're looking to run the city within the boundaries of the rules that we set. So you have to respect the rules. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. Now, in terms of Bilo herself, would you say that See, here's what I'm confused about. Once upon a time, Doug Ford and John Tory were thick as thieves. Now it seems they're representing different candidates. Where Doug Ford is supporting Mark Saunders, John Tory is supporting Anna Bailao. And I feel like, obviously, the NDP is supporting Olivia Chow. And it seems like the Liberal Party is kind of gravitating towards Josh Matlow. Am I wrong in saying that? Which you would think is you know, what's interesting? It's kind of fucked up because you have Mitzi Hunter Mitzi right is here. Uh, um, I'm not... You know, it does seem like it is some standard like liberal names. Like I know Michael Cato, um endorsed Josh. Uh, I know someone else who is a former, I think, a finance guy. I should probably make sure I know what I'm talking about before I say it. Um, but it is interesting. I... I don't really know where Josh is supposed to get support. Um, because what's interesting is, is I feel like his platform has been as right now, as he is running for mayor right now, his platform seems like it's even to the left of Olivia Chow's in some ways. Um, but at the same time, he doesn't have the, I mean, a, he hasn't, he's not in, he's not an NDP partisan. He's not, that's just, you know, not who he is. Um, I don't know. It's it's very weird. It's it's a good question that you're like putting up. You know, I I can't help it. I I really like I really like um. Now I, I like all the candidates, but you know we'll get into our top five when we come back. We're actually gonna go. Uh, to our last interview. This is our last interview of election season and it is with Curie Vetavalu, a close personal friend of your, uh, yours and mine. 
uh, of course, represented by the MSA, gag, uh, but that is not towards Curie. As I said in the interview, and you'll, you guys are going to hear me say it, we love Curie. Not so thrilled about the MSA, but we love Curie. Uh, anyway, so we're going to go to that interview, and we will see you guys on the other side. And welcome back, and we're joined by 2023 mayoral candidate Kiri Vedevelu. Welcome back to the Municipals. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to meet uh, both Matt and Phil. Kiri, you know, we were there on registration day with you, and uh, if you just want to quickly go through your top-line plan, um, should you win the mayor's chair? And then Phil and I will interject with questions as we go along. Go ahead, my friend. The floor is yours. Oh, by all means. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, my <clears throat> Matthew. Um, so, uh, yes. Um, so my, I'm Kiri Vadivelo. I'm uh, running for a mayor. Uh, and uh, the reason, uh, as uh, previously mentioned, uh, um, it's um, I, prior to this election, I was I was running for uh, Ward 21, Council Ward 21. Uh, where I came forth and uh, I did quite well uh, considering the media blackout that I had, um, and uh, it really gave me their uh, give me their uh, courage to run for mayor, uh, having uh, little to no experience. I mean, I guess no experience in the political office, uh, but plenty of community experience, drawing from uh, tenant uh, organizing work, uh, then building so- solidarity and network among many uh, union activists. And uh, so based on that, uh, uh, based on the principles of uh, community and the grassroots movement, um, I, I, I feel, you know, there was a need for someone to run on the municipal platform that we created, which I was part of the organization for quite a while, uh, to uh, that this alliance was formed in the middle of their uh, middle of their uh, pandemic, uh, particularly to defend tenants who were getting evicted from homes uh, by our tax uh, tax paid police uh, services and so again uh, we sta- stood against the status quo uh, discrimination and the status quo oppression of uh, our com- our people in the communities so that alliance is what i am running on uh, earlier before this um, we 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 were trying to reach uh, we were trying to reach out to many other candidates who would run on our platform but unfortunately we could not come across anyone who would actually pick up this platform is because the platform designed from ground up to solve the problem in, in internal and it 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 is from a multi-dimensional point of view social economical and political and environmental lenses come together to formulate this policy so that's why i'm really proud and uh, this is an this is a great opportunity to share our experience and share uh, what needs to be done to the city in, in terms of municipal municipal um uh, city as a municipality, what municipality can do to uh, to advance the interest of uh, the big city like Toronto. So yeah, that's what brings me here, and I'm more than happy to elaborate further. That's amazing. You know, Kiri, you know that we are big fans of you here, but but I have to right off the bat, I I, I got to be honest. Um, you know that I'm not a big fan of the MSA, but I am a big fan of Kiri Vetavelu. Um. I did have a question, you know, um, your friend Peter, he was at a recent uh, a debate I was at. Um, I think maybe you were supposed to be there, but you, you didn't end up uh, for whatever reason. But anyway, that's, that's, I, I had asked him a question. I'm going to ask you the same question. 
for argument's sake, let's say that you are successful and you uh, you're the next mayor, and then you start giving executive orders. How are we, the public, to know where the where the orders are coming from? Are they coming from Kiri Vadavelu, the mayor, or are they coming from the MSA? And oh. and where does the MSA stop and Kiri continues? I'm sorry to keep oh. keep using your name like that, but that's right. I mean, MSA is a white, <laughs> but the policy research team. So that's that's what came together, bring this policy, and uh, this this if this policy is adopted by Torontonians, and that's what we stand on, and uh, continue, and obviously that I'm one of the leading members of MSA, so pretty much it's going to be it, it it's going to be you know uh, coming from me. It's it's not necessarily that. Uh, uh, that it, there are going to be other unelected individuals which can be influencing the decisions, which I understand that's a legitimate concern to have. Uh, and uh, that's that's something that I have to face it as 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 a leader. And um, the policy, once the policy is adopted, uh, we will be com- going, going on the principles. We will not be changing the principles or the directions. Uh, but it, it's just, uh, I'm glad that you asked that question because... Uh, I'm pretty sure other folks would have thought about it. Okay, how these are going to go? Because in municipalities, uh, there's no party line to tow. And if, what if there was a MSA party line that I have to tow? No, that that is not an uh, that is not a concern. That uh, with I mean, that wouldn't be a concern with MSA <clears throat> because the policy is already developed. So, okay, yeah, Phil, go ahead. Okay, uh, so Kerry, I really like this tweet that you made. Um, when was that? Oh, that was yesterday. So it starts, it's it's a lot of numbers. I mean, I'm sure you know what I'm referring to when I start with this. 102 Toronto mayor candidates, 24 no contact information, 38 no website, 75 no campaign team, 84 no political program, 90 single policy campaign, 96 no climate policy, 12 working class, and the most important number, one socialist. Kiri, Running as a socialist, there has to be, I feel like, I mean, you and I, we've had conversations. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into detail to say that you and I politically, really, in a lot of ways, we really do match up, but there's this understanding that I want to say there's a bit of a, in the mainstream, there's sort of a bad word connotation where people hear, you know, socialism. Is that something that you've had to, um, kind of overcome when talking to people like are there are there people who sort of have a bad impression of socialism so you introduce yourself and they're immediately like turned off and how do you overcome that that sort of image oh yes uh, that's um, it's again it's something that i'm you know continuously facing uh, through the campaign and through the protests that we are in uh, especially uh, in the in the current period of time um, the the issue is uh, there's there's going to be always misinformation and uh, it's 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 going to be very challenge for us to combat. And uh, in order, I mean, the socialism. The problem comes is not understanding what socialism stands for. Socialism means it. Socialism means freedom from wage slavery. Socialism means uh, economical economical justice, so that uh, people don't have to choose between uh, you know eating or paying the rent. Uh, so uh, socialism means people before profit. 
So this this is a principle, this is a framework, but unfortunately the history has, uh, you know, uh, controversies and complications that uh, we had uh, we had leaders and we had, uh, um, you know, traders. So this this framework was misused, or you know, it could there's a mis uh, there's a wrong perception was created because of those those historical. Um, uh, I guess historical, uh, you know, uh, mis miscalculations, and the thing is, it's not uh, the the problem comes is when we say, oh, socialism is bad, is dictatorship, uh, instead of actually understanding what the socialism means. Socialism is a framework. It it is it is in the in that complete framework. It actually highlights social, economical, and political and environmental justice, and that means. You know, it, it that means anybody who reads our program would easily understand that the the way how socialism is perceived in the media and the way actually what socialism actually how it works in in the field is totally different. And unfortunately, mass media has done uh, really in, injustice uh, by spreading this misinformation uh, that uh, socialism is bad. Especially the Red Square. It st started, in, I believe, in early seventies when the Industrial Revolution was taking off. Uh, because that was industrial revolution was very big and they had to, you know, they didn't want people to um, suppress that movement. So they, you know, there's a mass media and, and the, uh, and the uh, ruling class formed together to, to, uh, to advocate this misinformation. And unfortunately, that's what we are, every day that we are facing. And I'm more than happy to uh, discuss that is because it, as, as, when we sign up our name to public office, we have an obligation to share our, and continue to inform our, our community members and build solidarity. And that's how we build a build network. And that's how we build a strong society together. Uh, so it, it actually, when people ask me, I use it as an opportunity to clarify the misunderstanding and uh, to help them understand. And obviously, I, I couldn't I couldn't get that done in the first try. I'm, I'm pretty sure that at least if I have planted a seed in their in their in their mind, oh, I need to look at what that means. I think I I done my job. It's because all it takes is you know. Thank God we have we have a you know great time that we all the information is in the fingertips now that we can get. But the problem is which is good information, which is bad information. That again, build you know it really uh, comes down to how you're you know connected with your community uh, and what are you advocating for. And for an example, in this carbon trans union, that we all have you know similar needs and wants. So there is a lot less free. I mean, there's little to no friction among uh, among uh, members is because we all have the same uh, same you know we also have the same similar needs and wants and we also have the similar problems that we need to advocate you know to to uh, to, to protect each others from so it's uh, so when we say when we speak about socialism or when we speak about justice for tenants it makes sense uh, but in, in in a broader context for an example when uh, there's you know individualism is there's, when, when individuals are living independently outside of the community, it becomes an issue because they have to rely, uh, the individuals have to rely on the information they, they have access to, to understand what's the world around them. So I don't blame them. And it is, it is, a, it is a great opportunity, I think, uh, uh, to go against the status quo, the perception of what socialism is, actually, actually have a policy and showcase to people that, yes, socialism means, you know, it is 
you know, it's, it's like feeding healthy food to people, you know, or, you know, it's like feeding healthy food to the kids. It's like, yeah, sweet is easy, right? But you, it's always tempting. But the healthy food is what is we our body needs. So, yeah. So uh, it's, Kiri, it's a dual responsibility. Kiri, we, we um, for our listeners, you know, we have a, we have a one point, what is it, five or six billion dollar shortfall, uh, uh, I guess, coming this year or, or next year. Uh, what would you do to fill in the missing money? Oh, that's right. And uh, well, first of all, that uh, we or we advocate that we defund the police to fund the community. That is that is one one big issue. The one big uh, 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 slogan that we run on. Um, so that again, that defund the police is only going to save us about what is it, five hundred million. Uh, because the police budget is just over one billion, and so where the rest of the money is going to come from? So that's that's actually we that's why we advocate. That's why we also advocate for uh, increasing the tax on the properties of big businesses and big corporations. If the problem, the the reason we do that is because we have to take the the onus on the small businesses and and to homeowners to pay all the taxes. But be the reason is if you think about it. For example, Loblaws, a big food chain, food market, they have they have more footprint. They they have more environmental footprint, and they they do they re- use most of the resources in the city to provide a service. So they have to pay more tax than a small uh, business owner or somebody who has a print shop or you know it's a small you know few few individuals or business uh, business. So this is again uh, it's. Uh, the tax the, when we say increase tax on the uh, properties of big businesses uh, it means it's, it's you know per use you know the the the, the program uh, what we are trying to uh, to advocate is to in, like the person the 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 corporation or businesses who uses more resources in the city have an obligation and responsibility to compensate uh, for their use or if if that law blast is using our run our roads to run for goods or every day they have a responsibility to pay for the road repairs and you know uh, these uh, these municipal <clears throat> services which you know which depended on the city so it is very common sense and very straightforward that we take the responsibility from the small businesses and the homeowners and put it on the big corporations who have deep deeper pocket and who have more responsibility to provide the service to people so it 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 is very straightforward uh, and when we say uh, when we tax uh, when we increase the taxes and that's again uh, it's very hard to get into the specific numbers uh, but that would be done with with obviously with all the all the uh, you know appropriate calculations so that would be able to match their i mean that would be able to fill in the fill the holes um and there's other aspect we advocate is free transit oh yes how are we going to pay for it that's again these these this free transit is initially it, it is it, you know uh, it can be costly because um, because it, we have uh, three million people so it's going you know it's going to be needed. However, uh, we have we have if we if we uh, plan our taxes and take the resources from the police uh, and enforcement resources and the which for example TTC police. Uh, I mean, TTC uh, security and the police enforcement aspect of it. Uh, the actual TTC cost comes very little. But it's a, it's a, it's a less than half. So it can well, actually, actually, I'm not sure if you're aware, but it just came out 
that included in the the capital budget um, for this year was the uh, the cost of retrofitting Young and Bloor with the um, the platform the pla- screen doors, the platform barriers. I didn't know if you were aware of that. It just came out of uh, 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 I read it a couple days ago, and it just it caught me completely out of left field. Mm-hmm, interesting. Yeah, it's something that I have to look into. Um, and the other thing I was going to ask, sorry, um, we've had the, I hate to call it this, but I'm I'm going to do it, the, the philosophical discussion of defunding the police with other candidates. Um, Rob Davis comes to mind. And he said that the police chief has the right, even if... In, even if city council votes to defund the police, the police chief can actually, um, how did he word it again, Phil? I, I, I want to get it correct. I can't, I can't remember how he phrased it, but essentially it's like arbitration. Um, which he right? would win. Does that sound right? Which the chief would win. Yeah, 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 yeah. apparently. Because who would he go to the province, I think? I, I'm not sure. No, the arbitration. I think that's what he said. Arbitration has to be independent, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I was just wondering if you were aware of of uh, of this step. I don't know if you've been listening to our show, so I apologize. I know you're busy with the with the with the campaign, but uh, your thoughts on that? Oh yes, um, uh, it's again um, the legal system uh, in a capitalist class, capitalist society works in favor of the ruling class. So, for an example, he's standing on a uh, on a capitalist system and making that comment, which I totally disagree because uh, we advocate for socialist transformation of society, which is completely opposite of capitalism, where that uh, where that uh, people comes before profit. Uh, for like the reason why I why I, I say that is because under out, when we take ourselves outside of the colonial framework, there's a different world out there. And that's a mindset that we are, you, you know, we, we are continue, we continue to advocate for uh, when we look at these legal issues. Because when we look at it just based on the, based on the, the within that small, small framework, which capitalism is a very small framework, by the way. So when we stay inside and think about it, I mean, our, our knowledge of understanding and our legal authorities very restricted. But whereas when we come out of that, we have more 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 ways to challenge that. For example, we cannot we cannot prevent the deaths on the street. So that is that is a much more. Uh, I mean, we are not able to do that. And again, uh, it really comes down to how we use the resources. When we say defund the police, we are taking the resources from the police to provide services. For example, mental health. For example, when a youth come come in contact with police, uh, it either the youth end up in prison, criminal record, or end up dead. So it really comes down to how this, uh, how the city is administered. So under socialist administration, that's not an issue for us because we have, we have the needs and the wants divided. I mean, it is divided. We, know, we, 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 we can, uh, we can de- dedicate the resources accordingly between the needs and the wants. So police, police, source, police service in a, in a society is, is not a need, it's a want. It's a want for who, if you look at it, is the ruling class. 
because the 99% we are working and we have bills to pay and we rarely yeah. use police resources. But who uses the police resources are are those those who are uh, extremely wealthy and those who are suffering because who don't have access to access to food and there's inequality issues. So these are the two groups continually uses. And if you think about it, the middle class is carry all the burden. So majority of them are pretty much, you know, middle class when we say it's a working class. So majority of them are working class. So uh, that's why that we have to take the context out of that, uh, that capitalist framework uh, to make a different, a different challenge, I mean, different arguments. I, I think, yes, from his point of view, he's right. But the way that we see it is completely, it doesn't even stand on a, on a socialist framework. Bill, go ahead. So this is, I'm going to start with, this is more of a, a general comment, but, you know, I actually had a, a friend of mine, uh, she, she was listening to, to the, uh, to our mayoral debates, which, uh, which caught me off guard. I was, I was very excited to hear it. And, but she was, she had said, I promise I'll get to a point where this makes sense eventually. Um, um, and this was, it was the first part of our debate. So that was with, um, Selena Cesar Chavon. Um, talking about revenue and how, you know, we've got this huge budget shortfall. And it's just, it's interesting to me that her comment to me was that she was surprised to hear uh, Selena talk about that stuff because she, uh, she was given the impression that she was more progressive and hence talking about the finances of the city sounded very more conservative. And, and I was able to kind of say back to her, it's like, you know, normally, you know, I, I get that, but where the city is currently with the budget shortfall, you know, if we don't address it, the city, at least it seems in my understanding, can't do the things that we want a large city to do, provide the services we want it to do, you know? And so there's, there's no real question off that. I just, I thought it was an interesting um, perception uh, from a listener. I thought it was cool to to have that direct uh, influence with the listener. But now to to the actual to an actual question, which is not at all about what I just talked about. Um, safety in the city. Now, Kiri, I I don't want to constantly point to the socialist. I'm, I'm trying to be as intimidating as possible with my finger. Um, but you know for for a candidate for a normal candidate it might just the answer to safety in the city might simply be as easy as well we're going to hire more police and you and i we both fundamentally understand that that's not the root cause of of safety in the city or or the lack of safety in the city or the danger um so i'd like to know kiri how would you address Understanding that this is a, a larger question than I'm making it out to be, how do we address safety in the city of Toronto? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's a very philosophical question. And I think uh, there is uh, both answers from philosophically and also that uh, uh, politically. Uh, if, you, if you were to look at it from a, from a philosophical point of view, um, why crime happens according to according to uh, the capitalist uh, capitalist class crime I mean 
crime is a it you know the responsibility is put on the police and it's it's viewed as as an um um what, what is an individual problem but we don't see that as socialist we don't see crime as individual problem we see as a social problem because the argument is nobody is born to be a criminal right and uh, everybody is born in their circumstances and the environment plays a big role in how an individual grow up and how the uh, how how much opportunities and the resources they have so if if you know the child only you know only has access to a certain area or certain resource and the child has to live within that framework uh, with that opportunity uh, to have to you know live within the within the means so that's where the challenge is so the inequality we see as a root cause of these social problems that again is a from philosophical point of view and also uh, uh, on a on a on a social conflict and a political view so so why we what we socialists try to do is to reduce the inequality so it's like addressing the root cause when you reduce the inequality whenever everyone has um, the basic needs met this you know the crime goes down why it's just because there's no external forces but does it mean in a, in a perfect world there will be nobody will be committing any crime? No, I mean there will not never be a perfect world. You know there will be individual differences, there will be individual other factors, but that's where the community sustainability comes into play, and that's where the community consolidation, community leadership, that's where tenant unions come to play, and that's where you know the food uh, community gardens come to play, uh, and you know our our needs are addressed in in a very systematic way. So. Or the crime is it doesn't have to have happen you know it really raises uh these uh, these uh, um, these social conflicts reduces the conflicts reduces the friction and you know it really eliminates eventually it eliminates crime and it, it is it is the most uh you know amazing thing any any developed country can do is to you know make lives better for everybody and how do we do that it's address the basic needs and when you have addressed those basic needs uh then when you take a you know take a, take take yourself outside of outside and it's the crime crime just reduces to nothing sounds good to me um you know i'd love to get your your quick take on some big ticket i guess items that are being talked about in this election, you know, uh, real quick, uh, you know, your position on there's the gardener we can talk about. We can talk about Ontario place. We can talk about the science center, the strong mayor powers. Where would you like to start? Well, yes. Um, uh, again, uh, we'll let's start with the, uh, the gardener expressway. Uh, we have taken a clear stand repairing that uh, those, even the, even the, uh, the 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 agency who done the who done the review on what to do with that gardener they recommended is tear it down because it's it's extremely expensive unsafe and the resources is completely completely mismanaged when we maintain that uh, that uh, expressway and and <clears throat> instead not fund that transit system which people should be using in the first place um, so considering the uh, 
um, climate crisis, climate emergency that we that environmental threat that we see as as a real threat right now. That <clears throat> excuse me, that humans have very little control over. So we adopted that the gardener needs to be stripped down and make it to a, make it to a blowout. Where you know it's a bike bicycle blowout. Why is because that way we encourage people local uh, we encourage uh, environment friendly transit system and not only that we encourage people to use public transit when people use public transit uh, you know they need meet for personal vehicles goes away and that's why we need to not only provide free public transit take the resources away from the Ghana expressway and provide pro good public transit system in that way we do not only do good to the working class and the students in our city, but also do good to the do right to the environment that is actually uh, causing a huge, huge threat, uh, which is a, which is a looming threat hanging on us that we have very little control over. Um, so uh, that that's a that's an issue with the transit system. And again, this is just an one step toward making our city more more transit friendly for example like a citizen a city like paris where people don't need to have a personal vehicle they have a reliable transit system people can travel and that's a system that we need to build today why because today we have three million three with three million people but few you know in politics we have to always project 200 to 300 in advance uh because this is our city this is our home uh, so how are we going to manage the population growth because again, Toronto is be, is the next big tech hub, and it's going to be it's going to be uh, lead, one of the leading city. And I am very positive it's going to take, overtake uh, big cities in the states uh, because of the way that uh, uh, you know our administration run. So it's 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 the right thing to do is to take take the the step bold step to remove that gardener and and convert and put the, put all the funds toward repair the repair the system. Repair. I mean, provide a reliable transit system instead of putting the money toward repairing the system that is going to fall down eventually. And what uh, about Ontario Place and and the Science Center? Yes, that Ontario Place <clears throat> and the Science Center. It's it's a it's a it's a historical. Uh, it, it is it is our history. We don't want to be moving that. Why? Because not only it's going to be uh, the idea is to have a spa and you know to make it more business friendly in the, in the science center which the problem with with uh, with moving that is we are taking away their the culture we are taking away their the the foundation that was built on on uh, ontario place and not only that using the ontario place there's other feedback other uh, really good suggestions are coming along that uh, we can have into indigenous cultural practices and we can use it as a uh, variety of uh, i mean we can use that place variety of purposes to uh, to educate and bring it a culture center instead of eliminating it completely and i think uh, it's it's really seen through a short sighted uh, you know profit oriented uh, uh, decision uh, to uh, uh, to, to move and it shouldn't be i think uh, more, i think well, most of the left i mean the left leaning uh, candidates agree on that it's it's a bad idea to the get go and, and the the strong mayor powers oh yes uh strong mayor power should never happen and it should never be used in a democratic system um 
we can never rely on 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 a one human being to make all the good decisions well when we relied on adolf hitler what happened right so it's yeah we have to, that's why we learn from the history and we make it make sure it doesn't matter how great a mayor that we have we had to protect our democracy by giving the power to the people so that means participatory budget process which people have say on everything, how the city is managing the funds. Instead of giving all the power to one person to, uh, to ha overwrite or the uh, you know, elected council's decision or, or, to make, uh, or, or, to make, uh, or to bring a different decision that actually is not the interest of the people. So again, it is, it is um, I, don't, I don't understand why, especially the, um, the candidates who call themselves in the center, they prefer a strong mayor power because they think that they can override already elected candidates making the decision. So I, I, it's, it's, to me, it sounds like a hypocrisy to say, uh, I like uh, you know, uh, strong mayor powers. Um, but yeah, it's, a strong mayor power should never happen under, under any, whether it's capitalist system or socialist system, it shouldn't be happening. Well, I'm just aware of our, and Kiri, I'm just aware of our time. Um, Phil, why don't I give you the last question and then we'll go into closing. You know, and I, I guess it's it's less of a it's less of a question and more of a sort of philosophical thought, which I mean, uh, I feel like we're playing with quite a bit here today. Uh, and it's something you mentioned a little earlier. It's 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 the idea that government should be working to improve our lives, which I I 100% agree with. I I believe that is, I think that is government's role, and of course I feel like the I want to say the opposite mainstream view of what the government should do is that the government should be as small as possible, kind of only do the most basic of services, everything else kind of paper, paper use sort of thing. Um, you and I, we land very similarly on the idea that government should be about improving the lives of people. And I, I realize that it's, it's almost like a, a baited question to ask this in the, in the framework of socialists versus let's say capitalists. But I mean, we are in a capitalist society. Um, can we, can we really have a mayor or a government that works towards the betterment of the people while we're focused on capital? If that makes sense. Does that make sense in, in a collective thought? Uh, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to understand it. I think uh, what you're going to ask is... Uh, I think I phrased it poorly. It, it, it's okay. Uh, uh, I think can we still have a... Uh, I, I believe you were trying to see that can we still have a, a mayor who would respect democracy under capitalist system, right? With this, with this mayor, strong mayor's power, is that... Oh, I mean, I was more asking... Um... You know, the idea that government works for the betterment of its people, I, I feel like that the vibe of that is more socialist policy because, you know, generally, you know, under capitalism, everything has to be more profits, everything just constantly more and more and more. Does, I, I wonder if that works counter to the idea of a government that works for people. Uh, and, and the reason why I phrase it like it's sort of a, a bait question is because I'm essentially suggesting that that socialists is like the natural, the caring format. 
Yeah, it's um. You're um, right. I am tripping over myself here. Not, I'm not doing a very good job of explaining myself. No, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, it's um. The democracy it will always be a be a responsibility of the people to hold their elected pol. You know, elected uh, elected um, uh, candidates to be accountable. Um, so uh, just because we have a socialist transformation of the society does not mean we have eradicated all the problems. Even after then, we will have issues uh, that we will be addressing, but a lot less, a lot less, uh, um, I guess, extremes. Uh, we will not have people dying on the streets, and you know, people and uh, these kind of, these um, councillors debating in the city about you know what to do. But again. These are, there will be different uh, uh, magnitude of issues under socialist system, which again, it's uh, it's hard to predict. It's because uh, it's, it's a work in progress, it's an evolution, um, but that can be addressed in in more effective way than the capitalist system right now. For example, what happened in the pandemic, right? It's, um, we looked at Cuba. Cuba was one of the poorest country. They were able to get not only get their doctors outside of their country to to Vietnam to save lives, uh, while uh, uh, while um, uh, the big North American countries like U.S. and Canada, we were we were like, you know, people are dying, and we were just we didn't know what to do. So we were not able to able able to provide those resources to their poorest countries. Uh, but uh, instead, U.S. was able to use uh, uh, that, uh, uh, you know. Uh, was able to continue to oppress Cuba by, you know, by blocking, uh, um, you know, the trade. Um, so it's 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 a, it's a it's a extreme injustice under capitalist system that could be changed, and that under socialist system that will be addressed. Um, those are the issues, big issues, will be addressed. Uh, but uh, the rest would be it's a it's a it's an it would be an evolution. Well, Kerry, I want to thank you so much for coming on here. Now, you are our final interview of this election season. So I'm going to turn it over to you to talk directly to the listeners, the voters, and so you can um, tell them why they should vote for you, why they should vote for a, a mayor of Vatavelu government. And don't forget to include your website and anything else you'd like to say. Go ahead, my friend. The floor is yours. All right, sure. So, um, yes. Uh, it's the Municipal Society Alliance and I are not only looking for simple electoral victory, but about a, about a social transformation of our 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 city, our city, so to to have a uh, fair, economical, and accessible city for everybody, and that's why that we should have we should have an, uh, a socialist mayor in this in this city, managing this city, and that means we have. Right now, the issues can be addressed more effectively. For example, uh, big corporations are using housing, hoarding the houses which we needed to protect lives, uh, to, because housing is a human right, and housing is a housing is a need, basic need, and that those big corporations need to be expropriated and provide. And so, socialism may would be able to provide the housing that our city is uh, it is dying to get. Um, and uh, there's vacant spaces. For example, 15% of these spaces are vacant when they, people don't have place to live. 
so those 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 vacant spaces can be seized under socialist mayor and uh, and obviously the transit is is really broken our we cannot go from uh, go from school from school to home or for home to work it's it's a nightmare and we are relying on their uh, on the personal vehicles we don't have to under under socialist mayor the, the transportation would be free for everybody and so uh, the insurance companies don't have much opportunity to exploit the working people so these are these are amazing uh, proposals that uh, that uh, the socialist mayor would be able to implement immediately and again as also addressing the the school needs for example breakfast because our inequality is so 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 critical that our our children are going to school hungry and that shouldn't be happening in 2023 and socialist mayor will be able to change all that and that's why we need a socialist mayor in the city. And uh, yes, there's more details in the policy. Uh, please visit uh, um, my website, uh, Kiri, K-I-R-I hyphen, Vadivelu, V-A-D-I-V-E-L-U, at uh, uh, L-U dot C-A, uh, because I was going to say my email. Um, so that, uh, that has all the priorities and all the program in place. Please take a look, share with everybody. This is our city and we need to make this city work for the people, not the other way around. And make sure what socialist, what Kiri Velu. Thank you. Thank you so much for again for coming on and uh, and letting us know what a, a value a mayor value government would look like. Uh, I, we wish you nothing but luck in the election. You know, we're going to be watching and waiting and uh, can't wait to see the results. So good luck. And that was Kiri Vetavelu. Great guy. I love I love Kiri. Kiri is a good dude. And I, I do honestly feel like uh and hopefully my my questions were understood as being I feel like a big struggle for his campaign is is that he's very proudly brandishing the title socialist. I'm not discrediting him for doing that. But, you know, there's a lot of people who hold like negative opinions of, you know, socialists and socialism. So it's it's a bit of a it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed gamble. But I, I appreciate that he's going through with it, that he's being honest about it. Well, it's not only that it's parties don't belong in municipal politics and he represents the MSA party. And and that's why I, I had to ask him the question about. If he wins, who's in charge? Who's really in charge? Is it is it Barry? Is it you know? Is it him? Who's in charge? So I, I'm curious if you're listening. I really hope you didn't take offense to anything. As I've said multiple times, we we love you, man. You're great. You are amazing. MSA, I'm not so uh, uh, thrilled with, but you're welcomed on the show anytime you want to come on and and we'll just shoot the shit. We don't even have to talk politics. Um, anything, anytime you want to come, just, uh, uh, come on the show, just, uh, reach out and we'll happily have you on. Now for our main event of the evening. I love saying it like that. It comes from my time in, in sports and stuff like that. And, and, you know, I realize I never just sidebar for a minute. I never really people hear me say my I come from the sports world it's because I played competitive baseball up until I was almost 16 years old and I had a career ending injury yeah no seriously it was a career ending injury because check this out when you are 
part of the uh, if you, when you are owned by the province and at that time I was in foster care so I was owned by the province and you tear your shoulder they think you can live with a torn shoulder which yes you can it's not Jesus. you're not going to you're not going to die from a torn it was a really bad torn rotator cuff and athletes all over the world whenever they tear something you get it surgically fixed and i i wanted to have the surgery but there's a liability waiver that they weren't willing to sign off on the 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 foster care this whatever because you were 16 you weren't allowed to sign for yourself right Cor- correct and Jesus. so i rehabbed and i i mean i had to let it heal and then i rehabbed but it was never the same i'm not saying i'm not sitting here saying that i would be a major league pitcher and fuck y'all because i'd be gone and i'd be living in my mansion somewhere that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that i legitimately thought Alternate universe matthew looks right? down I'm Philip from on his mansion. Right? (laughs) I'm just saying that I felt like I had an opportunity to play professionally. That's all I'm going to say. I didn't say I was going to be the greatest or the fucking goat or anything like that. It's just I had an opportunity. So when I say I come from the sports world, that's what I'm talking about. Um, Anyway, sorry. That was kind of a sidebar. So... Now that we're done all our interviews, we're not going to endorse till next week. We are going to be endorsing next week. And we may not necessarily endorse the same candidate. So I, I if, if you don't mind, I'm going to go first because I always let you go first. I'm going to go first this time because we'll close out the show with your picks and your reasons. So for me, okay. you know, I've been back and forth and back and forth and agonizing, you know, Let's be real. I I was I am really high on Rob Davis. But there are there are a couple of negatives. Rob Davis is on my my top 5 list. However, I I have to point out the the two negatives that I see and and you're welcome to to commentate on your negatives as I'm going to commentate on, (laughs) I'm going to provide commentary on your picks. Um, But for me personally, when I talk about Rob Davis, I see all the great things, you know, he really, he's entertaining, which helps, but also he's been there before, but that that's kind of part of one of his negatives. He's been there before. Um, He was, he was a city councilor before. And I, 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 for some people, that's going to work against him. I still don't know how I feel when I sit down because we're doing this by-election. And, and as we've both said, this is a chance for Toronto to finally get it right. We've gotten it wrong three elections in a row. John Tory in 2014, John Tory in 2018, and John Tory in 2022. No, I don't believe it was a mistake that we elected Rob Ford. <laughs> so I'll give you the I last do like the clarification. I knew you're gonna and I knew you're gonna say that, but yeah. Um and obviously, even if 2014 and 2018 were correct, 2022 was very incorrect. And this is our chance to not only pick our leader right now. But obviously, if if people like the job that this next mayor is going to do, they're probably going to get reelected 
again in 2026. So this is very, very important. And, and as a city with a deficit, we cannot afford to get this wrong. So I say all that to say he's been there before. There's a group of people that that's probably going to rub the wrong way. Um, I know that Reginald Hall says that no, I can't remember how he words it, but no oh, yeah, current oh, um, or recycle, recycled counselors. Recycled counselors. That's how he says it. I don't know if Rob, if Rob, Rob Ford, <laughs> I don't know if Rob Davis fits that description because he hasn't been a counselor for, God, what has it been? It's been a long time. But anyway. I, I don't. I don't think Tull thinks specifically about Davis. I think he's mostly referring to the more current ones. Right. And then the other negative is uh, I, I showed you this clip. You you know what I'm talking about. There was an incident in the last week or so where uh, Rob Davis led a protest blocking bike lanes and kind of he was he forced the the cyclists to go into traffic. And, um, I mean, like I told you in the beginning when we started this thing, like, am I a cyclist? Absolutely not. Do I like the bike lanes? No. Do I think that if I was the mayor, do I think I have to have them to like, it's like the give and the take? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're here. Why, why would I get rid of them? They're here. Would I add any new ones? Probably not. But that's just my personal opinion. But I would keep the ones that are there because it's just, they're already there. Fuck it, you know. They're, and they keep and they they make them happy. So let's let's try to make everybody happy. You can't make everybody a hundred percent happy, but you can make everybody a little bit happy. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts on him blocking the bike lanes or the bike lane specifically. I don't even know where it was. Um, I think it was on Bloor Street. I, I, know, I, I think yeah. It's- I, I feel like it was, um, you know, north of Young on Bloor somewhere. Or wait, no. No, that's wrong because Bloor is east-west. My bad. Um, yeah, I – here's I, – I, my frustration with this sort of the, the Keep Toronto Moving, uh, which is kind of the group around this anti-bike lane thing, which is a very – it's a very silly name, um, you know, to have – but it they sort of ignore the fact that bike lanes have gone through a long period of consultations and you know residents were informed they were talked to they got their feedback it's what i what i see it when i see this group kind of like protesting the bike lanes that are there is they're saying well we don't want this which means you didn't listen to us which isn't necessarily true. If there were more people who said, hey, this is good. Studies show blank. You know, that's one thing. But you can't just be like, well, I didn't want it, so that means they shouldn't be there. You know, that's that's not how it works. So I I think the, the Keep Toronto Moving group is, um, I think they have the wrong idea. I think that's well put. And you know, I, I did highlight a couple negatives, but there are a lot of positives about Rob Davis. He's experienced, and I get, understand that's a double-edged sword because it could work against him. Um, and, you know, he's up front. I, I find he's up front. 
and uh, so so he's on my top five list. Next person is um, it's Nia Singh. I really really like Nia Singh. I wish that he pulled higher. I wish that he had more media attention. He's very smart. He knows what he's doing. I really really respect. Uh, I, I respect him putting himself out there. Um, I really, I just, he's so friggin' smart, you know, being a criminal defense attorney, I guess you have to be smart, but, um, right. Yeah. I, I just, I just wish that he would, uh, pull higher. I wish that the media would pay attention to all the candidates. Um, I mean, for fuck's sakes, if, if Blake Acton can get on more in the morning, why can't every candidate get on more in the morning? <laughs> I'd completely forgotten about that. Now he did make a fool of himself. Yes, he did, but he had the opportunity to make a fool of himself. Not everybody had <laughs> maybe, that opportunity. Maybe, maybe that's why Moore didn't invite anyone else onto the show. He's like, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, this one crackpot. The rest of them are going to be fucking crackpots. I'm done. <laughs> um... And, you know, third on my list is, um, you know, it's so hard. It's very, very, very hard. But I would probably have to say, oh, fuck. I'm sorry, Chris Langenfeld. I'm really, really sorry, but I have to go with Anthony Fury. Oh, shit. Um, I, I don't, okay. So I don't agree with everything that Anthony Fury said, but I agree with a lot of it. Not everything. No one is going to be 100% happy, no matter who turns out to be the mayor. Nobody. Um, and uh, I, I really like, and he's up front. And, and by the way, I want to remind you, because you pointed it out, Philip, that he was the only one who honestly, seriously answered the question, why now, why not in October of last year? That's true. That's very true. 100. Uh, you're correct on that front. Um, and again, despite the fact that I don't ideologically align with Anthony, um, as, I, as I've said earlier, his campaign, his ground game seems very strong. You see on Twitter, every single day he's at a new place, meeting people where they are. You know, if if people are worried about an Anthony Fury mayorality, which I mean I would be, like I, I don't agree with him ideologically. Um when you say you that look at what when you say that, sorry to jump in. Yes. What do you mean? Just for our listeners that uh don't understand that, what do you mean when you say ideology whatever you don't agree with him i mean you know what i'm not even gonna go more in depth than just saying he's a right-leaning candidate much like mark saunders and has sort of said the same sort of stuff against uh safe injection sites and cycling lanes um yeah in in simplest terms he's a right-leaning candidate and i'm opposed to that okay but in the same breath you would argue that 
Brad Bradford's a right-leaning candidate. And I would say, no, there is a world of difference between Anthony Fury and Brad yeah, yeah. Bradford. No. I don't see I don't see how they can both be right right leaning. And for that matter, Mark Saunders is supposed to be right leaning, and I don't see that either. The only likeness that I see would be between Anthony Fury and Giorgio Mamaliti. Well, but I mean, um oh. You know, I was gonna say, but Mark Saunders is against the safe injection site. So I was like, wait a second, I don't know if I've heard him say that. So you're right. It might actually be a. It might be closer to Giorgio Mammoliti. And again, as I've as I've said, I I think a big part of Anthony's like rise and Mammoliti not going anywhere is simply that Anthony's got a crazy ground game going. Where you've got Mammoliti making these like weird videos in the park where his shirt's half off and he's like, Olivia Chow, come and debate me. One on one. (laughs) You fucking. Yeah, like you fucking weirdo. Like, just go find like people know who you are. Go talk to some people. Stop trying to get Olivia Chow to talk to you. She's not going on a date with you. It's just, it's fine. Oh fuck! But I, I think you're right. You know, like Anthony Fury is actually, I think, more closer aligned to uh, Mamaliti than say uh, Saunders or Bradford. And then, of course, I. I, I can't not have this next person on my list. Uh, he jumped out of the fire and right into it. He is awesome. He is honest. And that is something that's severely lacking, well, at city council, but also also in the mayor's chair. And that's Josh Matlow. Obviously, his... His cons are, well, he's already a city councillor. So he's, in a lot of people's eyes, he's part of the problem. But it's it's like I tried to, I, I tried to, I, when I complimented him during our interview going, you're the lone wolf on this council. And uh, <laughs> you're separating him from the rest. You're like giving him... The reason I don't know why my imagery here is like ripping open someone's asshole, but uh, don't think too deeply about that. Um, um, no, because he opposed. He can't be part of the problem when he's opposing everything that John Tory has said, at least since the last election, since the new term began. Maybe even before that. I don't know because I was busy, so I wasn't really paying attention, but. Um. Yeah. So we're paying attention now. Exactly. And you know what? He he's a he's a great guy. He's a straight shooter. Um. So he's part of my top five. And of course, the last member of my top five is Chloe Brown. She is amazing. She is also a straight shooter. She's honest, and she's a policy analyst. So she's coming at at Toronto's problems from a different viewpoint from a different angle and you know we've tried the i've got all this experience let me try to fix it angle and it didn't work it didn't work for eight and eight years and and what is it did he make it four months anyway uh (laughs) so we don't fourth month we don't we don't as i said in october during my live youtube special I would have preferred at that point 
aside from Josh Matlow in Ward 12, an entire rookie council and a rookie mayor. And so what if Chloe Brown is that rookie mayor? She can't do worse than John Tory. And I don't mean that as an insult, Chloe. You know, we love you. Uh, I think she's better than That's John Tory. That's the bar is what John, he's John Tory. Yes, John, it's what did you say? Two inches off the ground. John Tory. Better yeah. than John Tory is the bar. Um, so those are my top it's, it's five. It's not a deep bar. I'd love to hear right. your top five. Go ahead. And I'm going to have comments, obviously. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, as as you're talking, I, I did type out your picks. I had already typed out my picks, so I, I know what my five are. I'm going to start with, I know, okay, we're not ranking these in any order. I, actually, Matthew, were you ranking them in an order or no? No. No. Okay. Um, I'm going to do, my order is, I'm going to say five. Four and then the top three are aren't there's no order to the top three. I haven't because I haven't picked anyone. I'm not in I haven't endorsed anyone yet. Which so is next which is next my number of, <laughs> Yes, I'll have to out listen, I've got a week to make a strong decision <laughs> and I'll I'll do what I can. But my number five pick goes to my I don't I'm not going out of my way to support her, but I'm not going out of my way to attack her, and I think and you know, as opposed to a lot of other people, including yourself, I, I don't actually think she would make a bad mayor. I think she'd make a fine mayor. Um, Olivia Chow is my number five. Um, I, I think the city would have been, if she were elected in 2014, I think the city would be better off than where it is now. You know, as for as for beyond that, I've I've got no kind of opinion. I actually disagree with you because I think that I think that the fact that she didn't get elected was great, but still the wrong person won in 2014 because we wouldn't be facing all this horse shit right now if simply we had just let Doug Ford be the mayor. You know what I'm saying? No. Oh, <laughs> fuck, you make a oh, 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 you make a a powerfully painful good point. Oh my god, can you imagine? You know, the point where the PCs were lined up to win, you know, because of the liberal, the Ontario liberals and effectiveness. If the Ontario PCs were in that position where they're going to win because people are so disillusioned to liberals, what if they just had a good leader? What if they just had someone who wasn't a fucking dumbass? The health minister. What was her name? I can't remember her name. The old lady. Uh, <laughs> the old lady. Oh, um, Sil- Sylvia Jones? No, I said the old lady. She was the health minister the first the first term. Uh, she ran against Doug Ford for the party leadership. I can't remember her fucking name. Oh, are you thinking of um, Mulroney? Caroline no. Mulroney? No, not Caroline. She didn't run. I, yeah. Oh, I was also and thinking she's, she's not, not old. That old. She's, she's, <laughs> she's not that old. <laughs> um, I can't remember her fucking name. She was married to Jim Flaherty. Oh my God, you're you're not you're not helping me with that one. Jim Jim Flaherty was the uh, federal budget chief under Stephen Har- Harper. I can't remember was her. She's the fucking guy who name. peed in the cup. I don't know. I don't remember. No, no. Oh wasn't my God, that fucking... he died one month after he resigned. Yeah, yeah. Who who's his wife? Oh right, I should look that up. I'm just not <laughs> Jim Flaherty. 
wife. Oh, Christine Elliott. Oh, there we go. Okay. So yep, imagine yep, yep, yep. Doug Ford's the mayor. Christine Elliott. Once they get rid of uh, Patrick Brown, Christine Elliott takes over and she forms the government. And there's no one attacking Toronto. There's no cut in council because Doug Ford's the the mayor. But anyway, that's he's the mayor, so he doesn't give a shit. That's the perfect <laughs> world that we don't live in. But anyway, I'll say this about Olivia Chow, and then and then we can move on. I think that Olivia Chow is um I'll, okay. I was trying to figure out a way to say this that's not offensive. So for anyone who's Olivia Chow fan, I'm sorry. But she's you know how you're going to love this uh, uh um oh no. Oh no. Is it a simile metaphor? Anyway, uh, you know how milk has a best before date? Yeah, well, she's passed her best before date long time ago. She's been out of office, retired or doing whatever she's doing for, what, 10 years? She's pretty, pretty much 10 years, yeah. She, she should have just stayed retired. She's done. Um, and then that's no disrespect. The best ideas that she had, the best effectiveness she had, was when she was running things with her husband, Jack Layton. And obviously, he's not around anymore, and she's been enjoying retirement for 10 years. She should continue to do so. And let somebody else take care of it. Yes, you have the backing of the NDP, but the problem is is that there are a lot of questions about your campaign and you either don't want to answer them or you're freezing to answer them. Maybe that's the same thing. You know, how much are you going to raise taxes? Where are they going to come in? What are you going to do? Defunding the police, uh, tearing down the gardener. At least the other candidates are being clear with what, even if you don't like them, even Brad Bradford is clear with what he wants to do today. I mean, that may change down the road, but he's, clear olivia chow is not clear at least from my perspective you have anything think, to add and, and then move on and i would only push back on that to say that like for example i don't think she has any plan to defund the police and i say that because she hasn't said anything about that and i i think the only people saying that are the the mark saunders and the anthony furies trying to get some like invisible platform out of her that's not now i've also got i have a couple of frustrations with not even so much olivia chow herself but kind of the it's more like the idea of her campaign you know because as as our listeners might recall you and i were there day one you know the day one registrants for for mayor of toronto and that included you know that was josh matlow that's Giorgio Mamaliti. Don't forget Kiri. Uh, Philip De Cruz. Kiri was there. You know, those people were at the jump. Like, you know, we're there for it. Olivia Chow, it's like she took time. Well, for whatever reason, she was still pulling at the top of like, oh, if she runs, she would win it. It's like, well, why are you asking if she, why would this be in the poll until she decided to run? And then when she did run, and again, 
this isn't on Olivia Chow. This is more on Olivia Chow supporters. It was sort of this idea that progressives or progressive-minded people, left-leaning people, would coalesce around her because she is the the NDP-backed candidate. But it's like I, I don't think I don't think you're owed support for being that person. Again, I I don't mind a lot of her policies, and I I think she'd be a fine mayor. I just there is a a bit of entitlement I think is is really what I want to say around the idea that we have to vote for her. And I say we in that, you know, progressive circles. Like that's our job and it's like it's not. It's, you know, in any other election, you know, if it's if it's the federal liberals, okay? And you hear liberals supporters talking about um what's the word? strategic voting. Okay, the NDP, NDP partisans will tell you, oh, that's uh, you're not voting for your feelings. You're voting, uh, you know, just to keep out the conservatives. Why don't you vote with the candidate that you feel strongest for? And then you have people essentially for the Toronto mayor race saying, don't vote with your heart. Vote with, you know, either it's going to be progressives voting for Olivia Chow or if you're. You know, the other end where it's the stop chow people, you know, but neither of these people are really rooting for policies. They're just rooting for for or against. I think you said it best. Uh, Go ahead with your next one. Okay, so my next one is number four. Again, there's a reason that it's it's specific. Um, And I've 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 brought. I'm not sure how to refer to it's Molly. It's Molly the dog. Molly the dog <laughs> is my number four candidate. Um, now, at first, at first, it was 100% Airbud rules, joking mayoral candidate. Like, holy fuck, someone actually did it. They they got a dog to be a candidate for mayor. This is insane. I love it. Let's you know, let's make it happen. Once again, we asked the question: How much worse can a dog do than John Tory? Now, the reality is, <laughs> Molly wouldn't be the policy center, right? It would be Toby Heaps. He is the actual mayoral candidate. He's the name that's on the on the ballot. And what surprised me is, you know, and again, I guess I say number four because he's not going to be the guy I end up endorsing. But I've I've I followed him on Twitter and I'm just I'm surprised at the seriousness of his campaign. Which is again so funny to me because I was 100% viewing it as a meme candidacy, but he's he's got real credentials. You know he he's done some work with the federal government. Um, he's apparently he's done some work with King Charles. Like he's done work. He's done real shit. Um, and again, Molly is a beautiful dog. When you're a dog, what other qualifications do you need other than looking good? <laughs> Um, I don't know what to say. I think I'll regard that as your, your, <laughs> your, your fun pick. Um, that's my fun pick. 100%. It's my fun pick. Enough said there. Go ahead. Continue. Okay. <clears throat> so my final three. In no, um, in no particular order, right? 
In no particular order, and that's the problem because uh, I will want to give one of these three people my endorsement next week. Um, I do need to make that decision. Um, of the mainstream candidates, of the you know the top five, it's Josh Matlow. You know, he's just, as you said, he's he's honest. He's honest about political stuff that a lot of people kind of tiptoe around, you know, this image of politeness. You know, people talk and pretend like Doug Ford is a normal premier who is acting in the best interests of Ontarians and Torontonians. And he's not. And and Josh Matlow is willing to say that. And a lot of people in these positions of power, you know, Jennifer McKelvey, it's like, oh, you know, our great premier. And like, again, having to act and pretend as if he's a normal political person, which he's not. I mean, again, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I'd say all this to the man on June 23rd, but or maybe I would. Maybe that would be a fun thing for me to say to him. Hey, you're a bastard of a politician. Thanks for the burgers. What up? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, no, but he's he's come out strong. The thing is, I've I've also said this before, but it, it's hard for me to say it without it. And I, I compare this to Brad Bradford, who is not one of the other three. Just you know, before we get there. But you sure it's hard if he listen, I could I could toss out Molly the dog. Actually no, I guess it would if I wanna bump things down, I guess it'd be Olivia Chow going out of my five. And I'd have Brad Bradford as my joke candidate, but uh it would do nothing for me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey Brad, things are good now. I picked you as my joke mayoral candidate. You fucking did what? It's like, okay, all right, you misunderstood me, Brad, but we're off on the wrong foot. No, dude sucks. Stay on the wrong foot, you bastard. (laughs) But, okay, Josh, um, it feels like his positions have changed over time. Now, in my mind, it feels like those are natural evolutions, you know, where he he had certain ideas, He's on council. He's on council for many years. Things happen. His ideas change and he shifts what he supports. And I, I think I think we should be applauding politicians who, who do this. The problem is, how do you convince people that that's a genuine change in movement? And the reason I phrase it like this and I brought up Brad Bradford is Brad Bradford seems like he's done the opposite. And the reason why I feel like that's not the same thing, but in reverse, is that the the things that people hold against Josh Matlow in the past, my understanding where those things happened more like 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, like plenty of time for growth and change. With Brad Bradford, we had our municipal 2022 election, what, eight months ago? Mm-hmm. Eight months ago. And when he was running for counselor, he was running on on bike lanes and and it was just really it was kind of he was out progressing or at least that was the goal out progressing the progressive candidate, which, of course, was Jenny Warden. And he won. He you know, was reelected eight months later. He's running for mayor on a very cops and cars and no taxes 
kind of platform. It's he's campaigning the opposite way for mayor as he was for counselor. So that's not an evolution of policies. In my mind, that's simply saying what you think will get you in power wherever your power is chasing. So, but the thing, again, for other people who sort of hold these past decisions against Josh Matlow, I'm sure they would see my, like, justification here as, well, you're justifying it because you like Josh Matlow. And yeah, that, it sucks. I can't fight against that because I do legitimately like him as a both as a person and as a mayoral candidate. So it's it's hard to get people if if they view my opinion as biased, it would be hard for me to argue against that. You know, I picked Josh Matlow too, so I've I've said everything that I wanted to say about him. He's a great candidate. Uh continue. I think we're on the same page, really. Yeah. Um and so I guess the next one I'll say is is uh my friend and uh guest of the show Gru. Uh at, on Twitter, he's Gruesome Brat. I, I think he, he wants to just go by the one name, so I, I'll refer to him as Gru. Um, you know, he's he's experienced. And by that I mean he has life experience. He's lived on the street, he's he's suffered in that way, and so he understands that sort of thing. And I I realize it's, he's got a long shot campaign because he's one of the, you know, one of he's not one of the mainstream candidates. And so I say this and I'm hoping that this comes from a position where if he if he listens to me say this, that he, he knows it's from a position of love. Um, if he doesn't win the election and it sucks to say that that's not likely, I really hope whoever wins the mayor's chair reaches out to him specifically for policy on on the unhoused because he's experienced it. He knows it. And I, I think he would be a great asset to whoever becomes the mayor. Um, you know, I, I like Gru, but I will say that, you know, you know, I don't think we asked him the question, you know, why now? Why not October? Um, if, if, if anything, the, the unhoused crisis was worse then because that was right after everyone got evicted from the parks and that whole clusterfuck happened and the, the mood was right for the change. Then he could have rode that wave right to the mayor's chair, but he didn't run. Um, and then, you know, now, sorry, go ahead. I, 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 because I because before the end of the municipal election, I, I talked to her. I had a, a sit down and talked to him. And even at, at that point, I understood that his plan uh, was to run for mayor in 2026. So I think this is actually it. like I know it looks like it was a he chose not to whatever. And then but I, I think this by-election was him moving his time frame up rather than the opposite. No, and I, I see your point. And, uh, you know, like you were saying, he's one of the lower polled candidates, not enough media attention. But, uh, I mean, we do wish him well. Uh, go ahead with your, I guess, your last one. My final pick is is actually same as your final pick, Chloe Brown. You know, don't don't even have to go into to too many details. Chloe knows what she's talking about. She's smart. Um, I I think in the 
not not in the same boisterous way as Rob Davis, but she's fun, right? Like Chloe, Chloe has those moments of just, you know, John Tory can return to the dust or whatever the fuck she said. You know, she's she's got fun moments too. So everything you said about her, I agree with. I'm also throwing in the fact that God, she's fun. She is fun. Um, I did want to discuss just one point, and it's it's funny because it's actually a conversation that I had with somebody today, and we were just we were just we were talking about the the mayoral election, and uh, uh, the person I was talking to knows that I have a podcast, and and this is what we do, and so they asked me, you know, who should I vote for, and I'm like, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but. <laughs> If you're asking me for a list of five candidates, I don't care who you pick. So I, I mentioned Chloe Brown in that five people. And this person said, well, Chloe Brown, you know, I, I have been reading up on her, but it, it kind of sounds like she's only in it for black people. And it's weird because I've never heard that before. I, I never, I would never associate that with, with her campaign she's in it for the working people and that's what i said to the person and uh, i'm just wondering your your thoughts on that i'm just wondering your thoughts on that no i i think you're correct um you know i i think race is gonna play a part in um uh in the election (laughs) sorry race race will play a part and but it's it it's hard to juggle that because I don't know. It's it's um You're it's stumped. an interesting conversation. Except that there's I am stumped because it's is I'm not stumped on on what I believe are Chloe's uh, inspirations, which is the people of Toronto. I I I I believe her when she says she's in it for for community. I just I. I think, mm, God, I don't know. I, I just think they're wrong, and I think you, I think you kind of told them the best. I think you, you said it the best to them. Absolutely. I apologize. I don't have anything, anything deeper to say. But it's, honestly, it's like these, let's when... let's call it let's call it a misconception. But people have these misconceptions come up, and sometimes they're hard to fight. But they also there's parts where you kind of like understand where they're coming from. True, uh, and you know my rebuttal was kind of the same thing i'm like no she's for the working class she's for all people um i don't know if it worked uh but anyway you know chloe brown is a great candidate she's probably one of the best homegrown or or what's that what's that phrase uh grassroots grassroots one of the best grassroots candidates that toronto has seen in many 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 years and we'll just leave it at that and uh before we get out of here i would love because i never asked you your opinion on this i would love to know your opinion on mark saunders uh uh, um statements that only he can stop Olivia Chow. Don't vote for anybody else. If you want to vote, if you want to stop Olivia Chow, vote Mark Saunders. Your response? 
What I love about this situation, Matthew, is that it it really feels like (laughs) Mark Saunders is not the only candidate who is saying, we need to stop Olivia Chow. Vote for me to stop Olivia Chow. That's not just Mark Saunders. That's also Brad Bradford. That's also a little bit Anthony Fury. I think Anna Bylaw has touched on it a little bit, not as strongly. You're forgetting Rob Davis. (laughs) He literally has a website that says stopchow.com. And here's the thing that makes me laugh. If those five people, did I say five people? I think I said five people. You said Davis, Saunders, Bradford, Bylaw, and Fury. Fury. Yeah, five people. If those five (laughs) people got together and were like, hey, listen, all of us but one needs to drop out to be the anti-Chow candidate. Not a one of them would have the ego, or rather, sorry, let's let's phrase it better. They all have the ego that not a single one of them would volunteer to drop out. I disagree. And you, you think so? I think. Who do you think would be willing to drop out? Rob Davis. Okay, you know what? That's fair. Um, which is un- unfortunate because he's also the the easy one to, to drop out. You know, I, I, mean? I love that but, guy. I, just something no, about no, it. I, listen, I, I I know I get it, but it's like okay, so let's take it to Bylaw, Saunders, Fury, Bradford. Of those four, do you think one of the, any one of them would have the the ego to say, you know what, I'm going to step back. Um, we can't split the vote. Olivia Chow as mayor is so dangerous that we need to fucking get it together and coalesce. Well, generally, I, I, think... I generally I don't think anyone would. However, I, I'll point out that in, in my mind, Brad Bradford's already given up. He's already quit. So what? What would be the harm? It really in, in you know saying what? the words. That's a good point because it it really does seem like <clears throat> his campaign has hit a point where. It's just so low energy and like they don't give a shit. And it's fair because you know what? You you started, you're running, less talk, more action. And all you got was people blasting you, making fun of you, reminding you of your voting record. Yourself included. Brad Bradford, <laughs> me, myself, very strongly included. Um, no regrets. I just, I don't think he has, I think he. I think he should have the kind of ego. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. And uh, so if we don't have anything else, I think this is a good place to stop. But uh, I can't stop without, uh, you know, acknowledging our listeners like we do every week. So you ready? We have always ready. I want to say thank you to our listeners in Belgium, France, Italy, uh, I think Sweden. There's a few I'm missing. St. Grenadines of the Island or whatever they're called. Venezuela, Mexico, Sri Lanka, uh, El Salvador. Of course, in the United States, I'm talking about Ohio, Virginia, Florida, Georgia, uh, Texas, Indiana, Illinois, New York, Pennsylvania, California, Nevada, South Carolina, North, did I say North? I said North Carolina, South Carolina, um, 
There's more, but I can't remember. There's almost 30 or over 30. I can't remember. And then, of course, everybody here in Canada, uh, from Alberta to Newfoundland, obviously Ontario is our biggest pocket because we are Toronto uh, um, Municipal Podcast. We thank every single person that has listened. As Phil and I have said repeatedly, we don't want your money. We want your support in terms of listens. So listen, if you agree with us, let us know. If you don't agree with us, let us know. And if it's funny, we'll read it on the air. Um, I have no problem doing that. And if you want to help support us, get a friend to listen. Get a couple friends to listen. Put it on during a, well, I guess not during a study study session, but whatever the fuck. (laughs) But just... That's how we want you to support us. Show, listen to the show, and uh, and don't be afraid to disagree with us. We're not uh, we we don't own the monopoly on what's going on. We don't think that our way is the right way. We just try to do what we think is best, and sometimes we're right, and a lot of times we're right, but sometimes we're wrong. Um, but anyway, I, I don't have anything more to add. You, Phil. You know what? Okay. Very quick, not not a real not a very real serious thing. But I've I've jokingly come up with this idea of a of a pop-up restaurant. Okay, I'm not actually gonna go through with this. It's just for fun. Where I, I thought it'd be funny to make burgers for candidates. So maybe maybe next week, maybe Me. I'll I'll have some people responding. You mean like to my burger idea names? of a yeah, like like they design like basically, um, yeah. So there'd be like a Matt Lau burger, and like so, he would say what would go on that. Uh, um, we'll we'll see. I I just put out a joke tweet about that sort of thing. Uh, I only tagged Josh, Chloe, and Gru, but uh, my my secret top three. Well, not so secret after this uh, recording goes up, but uh, well, we'll they tag, they don't know we'll that they're. <laughs> We'll tag everybody in it. We'll see what they think. You know, it's that's probably, true. We should build it up. There's at least one candidate that's, you know, probably going to like some, what I think is gross, whether people might not think is gross. Um, you know, there are actual people that put sauerkraut on your fucking burger. That's disgusting. Ew. Ugh. <laughs> you and I, we are united against that specifically. And with that, we're going to get out of here. So for... Michael and for Phil the Cruz and for Curie. And, oh, and you, Phil, of course. What am I saying? You always come first. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in, and we will see you guys next week. Hey, this is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh to point that finger at you. My answer with that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to uphold it.